G'day friends and peeps, this is Ryan K. Lindsay and you're listening to Behind the Panels. It's a shame you came here wounded. I would have loved to fight you in your prime. They call you the man without fear. That's true. Why are you afraid to show your face? My spider senses are starting to tingle. Just hang on to your lariat. Wonder what kind of a scene I'm getting into. And welcome to Behind the Panels, issue 138, the comic book show that lives without fear, except when llamas are about deadly, deadly llamas. I'm Richard Gray. I'm David McVeigh. I'm David Longo. And I'm Ryan K. Lindsay. Hey! Um, in this issue, it's Batman v Superman and Archie versus Predator and Sharknado. One of them is a believable showdown. The other is directed by <laughs> Zack Snyder. <laughs> then... <laughs> Then it's Fox, Chrononauts, lots more convergence, a bunch of TV and more and what we've been watching and reading. Plus, our kick-ass pick of the week, Marvel's Daredevil Season 1. And we're joined by very special guest, Ryan K. Lindsay, to talk about the bingeable Netflix series. This is Behind the Panels. I'll let that keep playing in the background yeah, while I we talk. I love that theme. I love that opening sequence. Yeah. Yeah. It makes you want to pour hot wax all over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> makes me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a pretty get downable piece of music. It is. I'm getting me. down right now. You know who else is getting down? Our guest is coming in via Skype. Mr. Ryan K. Lindsay. Ryan, how you doing? Good, lads. I must have been, I actually was just getting down because nobody can see me. I was cutting the move. <laughs> oh, we, we installed a, a camera down there. You, did, oh. you didn't realize that we can see Oh, you? hello. Yeah. Uh, how are you? We're um, collecting your metadata right now. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Not a euphemism. Um, I, I'm doing this episode blindfolded, if that's all right. <laughs> Ryan, of course, our listeners will be familiar with Ryan from the last time he was on the show, which was way back in, uh, I guess it was issue 102. 10, if memory serves. Uh, Sydney Comic Con. Sydney Comic Con show where we talked about a little book by uh, some bloke named Miller, uh, Batman Year One. And we're back to a more Miller inspired goodness this week. Mm. We are, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, seems to be my wheelhouse. Fantastic. Well, it's definitely your wheelhouse, Ron. You actually, you've literally written the book on uh, Daredevil. Uh, tell us a little bit about your, uh, your Seacart book that you've put out a couple of years ago now. Yeah, uh, the uh, the devil is in the details. Examining Matt Murdock and Daredevil literally is, I think, the book on Daredevil because there are no others, which uh, I assume is a good thing. It means we were, you know, cutting forward into a brave new world. We were certainly before even a Netflix announcement. It is a uh, it is a tome of essays by myself and some other reputable scholars, just analyzing different aspects of Daredevil. Um, purely because I, I love Daredevil. He is uh, he truly and honestly is my favorite character in modern literature. He is Matt Murdock is an amazing character. So it was really fun to write and really delve into and it gave me an excuse to reread all of the issues. So very cool. So hopefully uh, uh, people will check it out on Amazon. You can get it as a, a Kindle ebook or a physical copy. And you can go straight to the, the website as well, seacart.org, I think it is. Yes, it yeah. is. Yep. S-E-Q-U-A-R-T.org. 
great, That's great right. collection of stuff that they've got up there as well. So they, they've got cool. a really good smattering of books about a bunch of different uh, good comic topics as well as they just they put up a lot of good articles. Yeah. They have some very smart writers for them and um, they critique a wide variety of things. It's one of the few sites I still actually go to, to be honest. Oh, I, I hear they've got some excellent that's, projects coming up. That's not your only your only book on, on Daredevil, Ryan. Is that true? Uh, pardon? You have another book on, on Daredevil as well? Yeah, I've got um, uh, Blind Dates and Broken Hearts, which is actually uh, my main essay from the uh, Devils in the Details book. It's, uh, it's about 20-odd thousand words on Matt Murdock's love life, of which there is obviously enough to write about. He certainly he certainly gets around for for a blind man like a uh, record man yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> but it was fascinating and it was really good because then as I started research because I knew I wanted to write about his love life just because it is fascinating and it's such a huge aspect of Matt Murdock's character but the more I sort of read into it the more I was able to read into it and realize each of his main loves represented like the decade that they came from so you looked at like Karen Page and she was this this sweet sort of bombshell princess, much like the 60s seemed to adore. And then as we segue into the swing in 70s, we get Black Widow and it becomes mm. something totally different. And his relationship with her is a lot there. Like he slaps her on the ass. I mean, <laughs> why that's happening in a comic, I have no idea. But <laughs> it, it got a little raw and it was a little different. And then in the 80s, you have Typhoid Mary with very, very sort of um, strong AIDS analogy going on in there. And um, that, like, that storyline is phenomenal. And the they literally the gave, uh, well, Kevin Smith literally gave Karen Page AIDS uh, he, years he's, later. He's not always as subtle. That's true. Back in, in the late <laughs> in the late nineties. So, uh, so well, and I mean, you had Karen Page's uh, sorted past from Born Again, uh, mm-hmm. ending up in Mexico, tied up with uh, uh, heroin. I think it is. So yeah. It's definitely drugs and uh, and porn and and things like that. It so was, um, it was definitely because it was heroin. She, I think she ends up giving up Matt's identity for heroin, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah she gives it up for a shot, and then. Um, it feels bad about it, as you do. You get that, uh, you get that, that post come down regret, or whatever you just did. Sorry, Matt, I was on the horse, just needed it. Yeah, like, but I mean, it'll be our Daredevil so season Miller two, moment. I think, right? <laughs> season two is just Deborah Ann Walsh strung out. It just goes episodes. a year later, and it's just Karen, just <laughs> a belt tied around her arm. <laughs> the whole thing, kind of, uh, um, you know, Hunter S. Thompson style, just just Gonzo uh, Daredevil. That's what I want to say. You could do that, and then at the end it was Mister Fear Toxin. <laughs> I'm 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 here to write it. Netflix. Give it <laughs> uh, if you'd like to contact us, Netflix, it's feedback at behindthepanels.net. We'll pass that on to uh, Brian when we're. No, available. you won't, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Look, before we go on and talk about some of the other stuff you've got coming out, Ryan, we'll have to do something yeah. we do every single week, which, of course, we loved. Uh, I think we can all say we all love Vincent D'Onofrio's performance in in uh, the Daredevil series. It's just been out on Netflix, but he wasn't the first person. To play dead, uh, to play Kingpin. We heard another person at the top of the show there that was uh, the late Michael Clark Duncan. But an old wall crawler ran into him a little way back in the 60s. Now look here, you big tubalard. You can't do this to me. This is a democracy. <laughs> you got your ideology mixed up, writing man. Here I am king. Now... I give you just five seconds to kill your ridiculous story. Yeah. I can't believe it. What is it? Then there is a Spider-Man. And I thought the police were pulling my leg. Wow! What a story! No crawling insect is going to spy on me. Get him, boys. Out on the terrace. 
<laughs> and for the rest of this uh, show, I'm going to refer to you, Ryan, as writing man. <laughs> the writing man. <laughs> You're not saying anything, dear Lord. That was awesome. <laughs> that was, of course, from uh, Spider-Man 67, mm. the, the animated series. There's been a few different uh, things. I was going back and looking at the different uh, – portrayals of Daredevil over the years and there was yeah. that great and I put it up on our Facebook page as it never, it never eventuated but Angela Bowie and um, God I've forgotten who was it? Ben Carruthers uh, they photographed each other as, as Black Widow and, and Daredevil and it's 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 a trip, man. This is during the seventies. Let's not forget the amazing Daredevil that was portrayed in the Incredible Hulk movie. Yeah, uh, the trial, yes. of the, the trial of the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> that was, I think, I, somewhere on my on my soundboard, I have got the. Uh, oh yeah, you mean this one? I could make you come. That one. <laughs> hey, wow! I bet he can. <laughs> <laughs> That's his other power. He can't see anything. What was that? That was Rex Smith. Is that right? Yeah. Rex. Possibly something like that. Yeah. 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 But uh, so, Ryan, I think uh, it's time because we've got you here, uh, not quite in the studio, but I think it's time for a bit of a, a bit of a fireside chat with you. And I, you, can, right. you can hear the, the fire crackling there in the background. <laughs> the <Ryan>, cellophane. That's, <laughs> that's Dave Longo in the background stepping we're, on stuff. <laughs> we're, we're, doing, we're doing some live foley here in the, in the studio. I've just brought up on screen <laughs> for everyone. As you can't see this, Ryan, but I've brought up on screen uh, Angela Bowie and Ben Carruthers. As, as, uh, <laughs> it's such a bad, like... I don't want to. I like. Yeah, I, you shared it, and I was like, "Man, I wish it didn't exist." Mm. <laughs> <laughs> now, Ryan, when you were uh, while, while the boys calmed down, uh, when you when you were last on the show, uh, every, every time I look up, I can't stop seeing it. I better close it. Uh, when you were last on the show, you had literally just put the first issue of uh, Headspace out, and yes. uh, we were talking about that. The eighth and final issue has just dropped, and the exciting news, of course, is that it's coming out. Uh, at the end of July, I think. No, no, uh, the the trade comes out uh, April 29th. Oh, April 29th. That's soon. Right Sorry. around the corner. Right, well, I don't know where I got July from. No, that's negative space. That's ne- oh, there you go. Negative space is out in July. All okay, these so- space books. I'm a oh, hack. Space. I can't even think of titles, man. Headspace, negative space. Think of a title, man. Space bar. No, no. <laughs> you're, doing <laughs> the, you're doing the IDW Spaceballs adaptation, I'm sure, at some oh, stage. Oh, I so would. <laughs> oh, man. But first of all, just to tie up Headspace, I mean, that's your yeah. eight issues. It's done. Uh, I've look, I've loved this book. I've been following it all the way through. What's the response been like? Have you... you uh, uh, but first of all, remind people what it's about and what have you uh, – are you happy with the end product and are you happy that it's coming out? I mean, major news that it's coming out through IDW, of course. Yeah, really stoked about that. It's uh, For those who don't know, it was a, uh, a book I had with Monkey Brain uh, Comics uh, straight out of Portland in the States and they do a Comixology exclusive uh, deal where we put up our issues there. And um, the story of Headspace is about a sheriff uh, – Shane Garrity, who comes to realize that him and his small little seaside town of Carpenter Cove actually exist within the site, within uh, the mind of a killer, and that killer's mind has suddenly realized that there's something else in there, and so it begins to try and wipe them out, throwing sort of mixed memories and fears and just nasty thoughts that a killer would have loitering about in there at the town, just trying to take him out. So he's got to try and survive, try and work out how he got in there, and then how he can get out. It's a, uh, it's, 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 a, it's an interesting story, I hope. Uh, it certainly tries to throw in some themes of things like fatherhood, which is something that I seem to circle back on a bit, and, mm. but just also themes of responsibility, um, just that idea of, you know, if you can, should you, and if, if you should, would you, 
and in it we really uh, like uh, Eric Zawadzki uh, illustrates mm. the uh, main aspect of the story, and Sebastian Perez uh, does the in real life aspect where we actually follow the killer Max Johnson uh, on his little uh, journey as well. Uh, we sort of look at that idea of you know there is there is very little right and wrong going on, and you have to make your choices in a grey landscape. And the further the story goes on, we start to break down that what you thought you knew wasn't always the truth. And so, as for am I happy with the end product? Not really. Um, we blew it. It's yeah. a hack job. Sorry, yeah. guys. No, I thought. Yeah. yeah, I didn't want to say anything, but uh, <laughs> no, I'm look- on Twitter all over it. I can't. Stand the book. <laughs> yeah, you've been very. Ne- you've been very hard on. on I tried that. to have my name taken off it. They just wouldn't let us is, do it. No, is I'm that? Gonna say like, oh, sorry. I was gonna say, is that what negative space is about? You just getting really harsh on yourself <laughs> as a result of. No, I was gonna say like it's amazing. It's coming out through IDW that that process of it being picked up from digital and, and coming out in print uh, from yeah, a major publisher. Yeah, come out. I I cannot wait to see it and 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 have it in my hands. It's it's a it's the first um it's the first full uh, trade of my work that uh, will enter the world so it's obviously a very exciting time for me is there anything uh, for people who have been following it digitally is there going to be anything in there that we haven't seen uh, so far going to be a little few extras for the for the trade buyers or there's a there's an afterward by me um, which i mean if you've been picking up the singles of comicsology you'll know i like to write back matter mm. Um, and I write a, a, a ton of it, and so there's just an extra little page. Um, we don't we don't reprint any of the single issue back matter cool. um, in the trade, but I wrote a little afterward in there, which I actually think if you go to the Amazon page for the Headspace trade, um, you're, you can see a few sample pages, and I'm pretty sure that is actually one of them. So oh, and the little look inside thing you can do on Amazon there, yeah, yeah. And we have a um, we have a forward by Curtis J. Weeb, oh, uh, nice. writer on uh, Rat Queens and yeah. uh, Green Wakes. So that was really nice of him to he threw some lovely words at us. And um, we, we slapped it right up the front. And the production value is gorgeous. They have a really good team at IDW. They, uh, they've obviously been making some books. They, uh, they put together a damn fine-looking uh, product. So I just cannot wait to get it out there. It is a book that I am humongously proud of. It's nice to feel that I went from issue one to uh, issue eight and finished the story. And I don't really feel like I dropped too many balls on it. And um, that's odd because I usually am pretty self-critical. But with this one, I feel like I am happy to give this trade to anyone and say this is this is me in my prime. This is me in my peak. This is uh, this is this is the best I'm ever going to do, and it's all downhill from now. Well, I'm going to go out and buy that trade. So, I oh, look, it, I, can, I can say I've been following it for the whole time, and I put I think reviewed the first couple on the site, and uh, yeah. now that it's done, I'll, I'll definitely be getting the trade. I've been getting them digitally, but uh, definitely if you haven't checked it out before. Again, we encourage listeners to go and check out that book because, well, you're listening, Ryan, and we have to say that. But also because <laughs> I genuinely like the book and I, and I really enjoy it. And actually, it's fun, funny you mentioned Curtis J. Weeb on there as well because um, we've had two emails from Scott Curtin this week saying, Rat Queens, check it out. If you haven't checked out Rat Queens, check it out. So It's a bloody good book. It's, it it's, is, it's a great book. It is book. really good. I've yeah. enjoyed it immensely. It's yeah. sort of, and it's one of those things where it's not in my wheelhouse at all. Like I, I'm not an RPG kid. I don't really, I don't, I don't dig on that D and D stuff. It's, it, it passes me by. But um, I gave it a try and was just like, oh, this is, it's, it's character led, which is something Curtis does really well. It's about, it's about good character. It's the same with um, the Wicked and the Divine. That is yeah. a book that is not aimed at me in any way in the slightest. Great book though, and it's amazing. Mm. It's, it's a, so bloody good. It's amazing that because uh, I was at um, Emerald City Comic Con last month, how many people were cosplaying as Wicked and Divine people. Mm. Obviously, it, it's connected with audiences, and and Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey's lines were always long, uh, almost as long as Fraction and Deconic's lines that were there. That's um, awesome. But speaking okay. of Emerald City Comic Con on the Friday, there they had the big announcement, of course, that by Dark Horse that your next book is coming out through Dark Horse, which is Negative Space. 
Yeah, and so I, I can't even explain how excited <laughs> I am to land that book. Like that's uh, it's just one of those sort of confluence of actors that everything sort of came together. And uh, Daniel Shabon, my editor there, uh, dug one of the ideas I had, and we really beat it up. And he's a fantastic editor to work with, so we really beat it up and got it into good shape. And so yeah, now we have a four issue mini starting in July. It's uh, about Guy Harris. A, uh, a depressed man who sits down to write his suicide note and gets writer's block. <laughs> As you can imagine, would be a little annoying. And from there, he, uh, he goes for a little walk to clear his head, and we discover that there is a giant corporation that really wants him to kill himself so that they can take his suicide note and basically farm the emotion out of it. They then, they then send off to a third party. And so they're going to try and set up the night so that he... Uh, you know, we'll do the deed himself, and we'll finish the note. And from there, we sort of we keep expanding out into a um, a larger story. That sounds amazing. So that's coming out as it's, it's a mini series that's coming out. Did you say? Yes. Yeah. yeah four issues, all all completely uh, uh, enclosed. We I, I like a good story that closes up. So yeah, we've um, we've been working towards an endpoint, and uh, certainly cannot wait to get there because uh, Owen Gieni is my artist wow. and uh, a shrewd eyes will know his name. He colors a few books at image at the moment, like yeah. shutter and manifest destiny. And uh, as an artist in his own right, he is unbelievable. Yeah. I, you did, you did show me a bit of his artwork. You, I think you, you sent me some, some samples or sent me a link to his work and it's amazing. And I do have seen his artwork on those covers you mentioned. And uh, mm. I am very much looking forward to that. So that I to use my original date that comes out in July, right? Yes, so. that's right. Um, I don't know uh, what day we're looking at putting this show up. Uh, this this show this particular show is coming out on uh, will be out on Monday the uh, I guess it's the twentieth or Tuesday the twenty first of what's, April. What's tomorrow? Tomorrow, whatever tomorrow is. <laughs> what day is today? Oh my god! Where are we in, fellas? <laughs> so for people who are listening to this, it's like sometime in the past for them, but for us, it's all in the future. It's so if apes here. rule the earth by that stage, please let us know. Feedback at behindthepanels.net. And if the apes could pre-order negative space. <laughs> yeah, so you're right. So by the time this comes out, it'll be about two months and you can pre start pre-ordering uh, negative space. Pre-orders open this Wednesday on the 22nd, I believe. So, there you go. Uh, people can start hitting up their stores. It'll be in uh, the previous catalogue. And um, yeah, I think like especially people who dug Headspace uh, uh, should know that I'll, I, I do and will try to balance a very high concept of visual and story balanced against a very emotional character art. And in Headspace, I felt like we did that. And in Negative Space, we are definitely doing that. It's not one of those things where we're like, oh, we've got a character who's suicidal. Oh, look, he's sitting there contemplating suicide. And then he just goes about a story, Liam Neesoning people in the head. Like that's, <laughs> that's not what we're about. It'd be pretty cool. Like, I, I like some Neeson action. But- I also love that Liam Neesoning is now a verb. <laughs> oh yeah, because he has a very particular set of school, skills. Schools, <laughs> schools. Yeah. Yeah. he probably does have a particular set of schools as well. Does, yeah. it, can you go somewhere to learn to be Neeson? <laughs> to start Neesoning? <laughs> angry <laughs> Neeson. <laughs> I would watch that movie, man. What angry Neeson? No, Liam Neeson teaching kids how to kick off. Yeah. Inner It'll city be kids. Tookin. Right. <laughs> Inner city kids who he te- who, who he reaches through the art of It'll violence. Booking. No, no, no. Liam Neeson's the teacher, and he kidnaps all his all his students' as parents. Oh, and wow. Then, therefore, they have incentive to. But it's a little bit kindergarten <laughs> cop as well. That's what I love about it. It's but yeah. one of the parents is Jason Statham, and then- yeah, man. See, Ryan's it's on my on my yeah, side. You ca- you cast, yeah, you cast you cast aging action heroes yeah. as the parents. Yeah, but you, the older ones have the youngest kids, so it's super weird. It's like St- <laughs> like Stallone has like a four year old, you know. <laughs> Clean East were doing reading circles in the preschool. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, I'm stealing that idea. So I was just no, say, you realise you're giving this all the way to a writer here. 
He can take yeah. it. He can man. take it. As long as someone makes this, <laughs> hey, I'm fine with if it. If you write it, I will read it. Yeah. <laughs> as long as we can, it, can we call it like taken space? Can we work in space? <laughs> Spaken. Reading space. <laughs> after, after school space, yeah. something like that. Yeah. I think, I think nap space. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get the alliteration school space. School I don't like space, school yeah. space. Yeah. I know. I think, I think we're onto something here. Uh, look, we uh, normally. But I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna throw some water on this fire, which I think is is, is rapidly. I think it went out. out didn't yeah. It? There you go. <laughs> just making sure it's out. Um, so Ryan, we, we, this is normally the part of the show where we uh, talk about what we've been reading and watching. So I can only do that when I hit a button. So I'm gonna hit a button. Well, looks like we got ourselves a reader. between the lines, bitch. Yes, we will. A lot came out this week. I want to start by mentioning... Well, actually, first of all, let's, Ryan, let's talk to you. Let's, what, what have you been... Have you... I know you've been writing a lot lately, and, of course, you've been binge-watching Daredevil, but have you been Absolutely. keeping up? I know you were... I was talking to you the other night, and you were saying you were catching up on a few reads. Is there anything interesting you've been reading lately? Uh, yeah, there is. I always set myself a goal to read at least one comic a day, so it, it, it keeps me fresh, current with the kids and what they're... Uh, and they're what they're hop. reading, with what they're hipping and hopping. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. There actually there are a few uh, uh, books that I just wanted to quickly mention. Um, the top of the pile for me was um, is a book called We Can Never Go Home. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've read this. It's great. Oh man, it was just one of those books where I'm like, man, it just hit me just right. It was a really tight script, really dense, and the but the art kept up with it at every every panel across the many panels and many pages. Really good issue one from them. So I was pretty impressed with that. And um, I've also been reading Casanova now that it's back. Yes, this is the Matt Fraction. Yes, yeah. uh, Gabriel Barr book. And so it is lovely, uh, lovely to have it back uh, coming out on a, a regular is- a schedule. So I've been digging on that. And um, what's the other one? Oh, there's a, there's a comicsology submit book by a mate of mine called Propeller. And the first three issues are up. It's by uh, Ricardo Mo, and the artist is uh, Alberto Muriel. It is a really slick little book, and it's 99 cents on submit. It's um, something that, you know, it's cheap to pick up, and each issue is full-sized. Um, some people out there should definitely check it out. It's sort of it's, – it's got some superhero elements in it, but it's very much sort of not a superhero book, or at least it, it, it's not – that. it doesn't feel like it's that straight up for me. It's a little more sort of grounded, which is really cool. So um, that's a, that is a title I'd definitely throw out there. Cool. You know, one of the things that, that bugs me a little bit about Comixology Submit, and I love the concept of it and everything else, the problem is that if you love a book, sometimes they never come back because it's all independent. Mm, Remember yeah. many months ago, uh, I talked about a book called Roman Ritual, which was by yes. El Torres, and I yes. thought this is a really good book. Never released a second issue. It's just huh. one issue, gone. It's like never yeah. came back to it. And I was very disappointed. Hmm. But it's a great it, idea. Is there anything you can do about that, Ryan? Yeah, can you write I, the next issue? <laughs> can, can you fix that for us? <laughs> Let's kickstart it. Um, it, it that, that is really true. But you get the same thing at conventions where somebody would be like, oh, I got this issue or something, and then they never finish that mini or whatever. And mm. it's, I mean, and it's a hard game. You're out there hustling. And I mean, that's where I always talk to a lot of like uh, people who are creating and starting to create for some reason seem to think that they should talk to me about these things like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and they're like, well, you know, how, how, how do we break in and blah, blah, blah. And I'm always saying, like, start small, do a one-shot. The odds that you're going to be able to finish a miniseries as, as an independent is so rare. Mm. 
Like you just have to be realistic and go, am I going to be able to afford an art team for four or five issues? Am I going to be able to keep them? Because then somebody else will pick them up and offer them an actual wage and you can't begrudge them taking that. Mm-hmm. And it can become – I mean that's why Dear Editor number one was – it was. it's like a one-shot. It's self-contained. I'd love to tell more in that world and I, I feel like I will at some stage. I mean Sammy Cavella, the artist on Dear Editor, we certainly want to but – I wanted that issue to stand alone because I can't expect people to sit there and go, oh, I can't wait for the next issue in 18 months, man. I'm going to totally remember you in this book. I agree with you completely. And there was actually um, there was actually a school of thought a while ago, which was with the majors, uh, with this whole idea of rebooting to number one all the time and basically saying, why are we doing that at all? Why aren't all comic books released as four or six issue miniseries? So basically mm. they continue yeah. to go back to number ones. And they can mm. continually just, once the arc is over, finish it, move on, number one, new arc. You know what I mean? Why don't people come to us more often for solutions? <laughs> we seem we, to, that wasn't my solution. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was somebody telling me, and I thought, that's a great idea. Yeah, but we, we seem to know what we're talking about. Really? We absolutely do. And I mean, in the end, like, a lot of people are always like, well, you know, numbers, numbers. And I'm like, whatever. If a number one gets more people in it, then that's fine. Like, I, I jumped on Detective Comics at 872 because Snyder was writing. I didn't care about the number. Like, yeah. For some of us, we don't care. For some people, they will go, oh, yeah, new number. And in the end, sometimes it's a bit of a hassle when you're trying to track. Like if you look at like Captain America has had I don't know how many volumes. Mm. It can mm. be hard. But if you just say, you know, track down the Wade trades or you mm. get the Remender stuff. Like yeah, I don't, we, I have don't, the, we have the internet. It's not like back in the days you'd be like microfishing it in the library going, oh, where's this thing? Yeah, I don't particularly care about numbers. I just look at arcs. So I sit there and go, as long as I can start at the beginning of a story and mm. get to yeah. the end of a story. And well, if a story is good, I'm all over it. Like that's... <clears throat> What we're after. Yeah, I think there's too much whinging and sort of hat ringing about it's it's bullshit. Yeah, the numbers thing comes back to that whole collector's market though. Yeah. And yeah, the collector's yeah. market exactly the collector's market as we know is insane. So yeah. well, speaking of insanity and reading comics back in the day. Mm. Uh, convergence, Dave. Uh, I know uh, Dave and I have been keeping up with all of Convergence. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, of course, DC's big We're Moving Offices I event. I couldn't do it this, month, this uh, week. I just couldn't. Well, because you know, I, I picked to, up Convergence issue two yeah. and I started reading it and I went, uh, no, yeah, I can't, you, I can't you're do just, it. You're just not one of the faithful, Dave. I'm not, this, I'm not DC, uh, dude. <laughs> no, that's the thing. It's just it's interesting because I am or have been historically and this era they're doing this week is all the mid-90s, zero-hour stuff, which is probably when I was reading the most comics that I have until now. Uh, and that's uh, and when I also stopped reading comics not long after this, this is very much my era. And the first one, of course, I read was the Green Arrow one, um, which is the, the point where just before uh, Ollie dies, and just is when Connor's about to. Ollie died. Spoilers. Yeah, it, it, it was twenty years ago. I've, I'm I've hanging de- up now. I'm hanging up. You're burning it. <laughs> I've dealt with it. Okay. <laughs> I'm burning uh, all these comics <clears throat> I've collected now. I'm done. We need the heat, Ryan. <laughs> Behind the panels does not endorse the burning of comic books. Uh, oh yeah, that sounds bad. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, look, some again with the first week of convergence. Some of these were fantastic. Some of them were, eh. um, others were just look. Others were Supergirl Matrix. Some of the girls were Supergirl <laughs> Matrix. That was that. This was the era when Supergirl was a shapeshifter and Lex was redheaded. Is this uh, before or after she got wings? Uh, before she got before wings, she got wings. I think that yeah. was a weird era of Supergirl. Can I just say that it was a ve- look? This was a very <clears throat> weird. You realize how weird the mid nineties were because you had John Paul Valley Batman. You mm. had. Um, Catwoman in her purple suit. You had Connor Hawk. This was the legacy era. Where everyone, you know, Hal Jordan's just gone psycho and, and killed all the other Green Lantern Corps. 
It's 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 that era. This is the the era of Hal Jordan when he liked jewelry, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he was all blinged up, yeah. <laughs> he was all blinged up, with and the he rings. went all parallaxy. This is this is this is steel era. Oh, you know. Shaq, Shaq, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pre Shaq steel, and you know, uh, 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 teenage Superboy clone guy before Connor, right, kind of right, came right. along, and 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 also it was nice to see Ted Cord, Blue Beetle, back again. Though. Mm. Okay, that's all I'm going to say on that. So steel is that, so steel is that, that means the Superman was dead at this point, right? Uh, yeah, this is during the whole death and rebirth of Superman, right, which right. is really when I was reading a lot of Superman. That's when he came back with the blue and white suit and the mullet and the mullet. <laughs> this is the, this is the era of mullets, yes. you know, really. I'm beginning uh, to feel like someone's implanted a chip into my brain that every time I hear the word convergence, like I start to just convulse, like melt. <laughs> yeah, like, you get a Pavlovian response. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm, Pavlova. Mm. Especially what Richard told me before the show about what Batman's going to be. Oh yeah, um, I don't know if you've been following I've, the news. I still right haven't now. even. Um, I, I I haven't seen the spoiler. There, I, there, there is a spoiler, not not Stephanie Brown spoiler, but there is a uh, a spoiler for when Batman Forty One comes back. I think post convergence. Yeah, there's going to be a new Batman and in 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 a robotic suit and. Oh, is it going to be a different person? Yeah, they've they've shown oh, a few. Okay. I don't know. I've seen like the covers and solicits show him in the big suit or whatever. And it looks like it's somebody else, and I won't tell. I won't. I won't spoil it for people if you haven't it's been Alfred, checking out the right? website. You're not. <laughs> no, you're, that's my dream. You're, <laughs> that's that's my. Not, you're not know, far we talked off. about this. No, but it's not. But it's not Alfred. It's if not it was right. Alfred, I'd be like DC. I, I promise I've I won't read anything else ever again. Yeah, like um, I'm not going to let not have asked. No, not, not that Alfred. I want. I want like the animated series Alfred. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I want the one. From the new Arkham games, he's always just been really bitchy yeah. to Batman. He's like, "Sir, you've left your suit out again. I won't be telling you one more time." Enough with the dubstep, there. Master Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's right. Look, I will very, very quickly talk about a um, couple of the other books that came out this week. Archie versus Predator <laughs> <laughs> actually came out this week. I actually read it too, which is so the, the scariest part. Of the this whole is, thing. Like, and we, we actually rated these on a scale of, you know, if if. Archie versus Kiss is the worst one, and Archie meets the Punisher. It's the best of the Archie crossovers. This sits somewhere in the middle, about the middle. Yeah, yeah. I think I think my favorite panel in this had to be where they're <laughs> having they're standing around in the in the jungle, having an Archie type conversation with each other, yeah. and blood is dripping from the trees onto their shoulders, <laughs> and they don't even notice. <laughs> Ryan, did you ever read Archie meets the Punisher? I haven't actually. No, it's it's worth it's worth a look because it's it's actually not terrible. That was actually pretty funny. It's they've they've yeah. done it really well. I mean, that's the thing is they they're going for all this really classic Archie and subverting it at the moment because they're about to reboot the whole thing with Which Mark. Which I can't Wade wait for. Can I go on Fiona record Staples. as saying that the rebooted Archie in July is the most anticipated comic book of the year for me? <laughs> wow. No, well, for me, it's Negative Space in July. Well, well, no. saying, there are other books oh. out in July, man. Well, there is that. <laughs> Look, I want negative Archie. Archie space. Archie space. Archie in space. Oh, there you go. There's your shot, Ryan. Sorry, right what, what's, what's negative space? I've <laughs> 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 been listening. No. Writing Archie, no Archie. <laughs> Archie versus Predator was a really weak first issue because they didn't really do well, there was no the crossover. Predator. They didn't do the Predator thing. Yeah. You know, and it's Betty's like, off and just getting covered in blood, basically, in a, in a corner somewhere. But she's still okay. And getting her nose broken. And getting her nose broken, yeah. Which, it was kind of rough in places. <laughs> it was like she and Veronica fought, got her nose broken, and then so Archie started making out with Veronica. Mm. 
this, was this a one shot? No, it's first issue okay. of a oh, miniseries. Yeah. I have so many questions about this. How many Predators were there? There's only one. There's only one? So yeah, far. Okay. So um, far. You should read it after the show, Dave. I think it's. Cool. I think you'll enjoy it. <laughs> Is it the one who then will go on to attack Arnie? Or are we talking like, where is Predator Canada? Yeah, that was his, his first look for a warrior. What was worthy of him? He went straight to Riverdale. Versace. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can only assume that if he turns up in Predator, he's icing Archie by at least issue four. Yeah, I, I, I would hope so. I'm hoping it happens sooner. We get some real afterlife with Archie stuff happening here. <laughs> um, look, very, very quickly, some other TV shows that came out this week. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has gotten really, 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 really oh, good. We've finished with the books already, have we? Uh, oh, have we? No, sorry, we haven't. We're talking um, about books still. Oh, we got to talk about Titty. Titty. Pardon, I'm listening. Mine is here. I don't have a sound clip for that. Uh, yeah, tithe. I think is the uh, is, is the word. <laughs> uh, Archie and Veronica blush. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, that was the new one out this week. I think that was an Image Comics book that came out this week as well. Uh, how um, is it pronounced? Do we have a it's titty? It's tithe. It's is tithe. tithe? Tithe. tithe. Okay. I, I, I like titty. Probably. It's not titty. <laughs> For those Dear listening Lord. at home, T I T H E. It's a top cow book. It's, uh, this has turned into a Saturday Night Live uh, Jeopardy sketch. <laughs> I'll take titty for 500. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, Matt Hawkins and uh, Rashan um, Ekdal um, who did this book. It's basically it's sort of like a, a 700 club style religious organization that's really huge. I actually really enjoyed this and book. And I really enjoyed yeah. it. And, and, and these people come in this this group called the Samaritans who yeah. are kind of these hackers. It's basically anonymous. Anonymous have yeah. come in to, to rob them and it sort of escalates from there. Yeah, and then they, they, at first there was actually a point in this book where I wondered whether or not the robbery and – Samaritans were actually related. Yeah. Because I thought maybe it was just a coincidence they were happening at the same time, but then it does look like they were related. And it's actually a really interesting book because it also delves into that concept of, you know, are you religious because your parents brainwashed you or are you religious for other reasons? Um, and there's a, in, the, in the back matter from his, uh, he talks about his personal history that he was, he's an atheist, but he was raised as a Southern Baptist. Yeah, which the so, lead character is a Baptist. Yeah. yeah. yeah so so it's, a, no, it's, a, it's a really interesting book and I would like to read more of this. So. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Definitely recommend that one, mm. Ryan, if you get a chance. Yeah, um, for sure. That's in the image uh, thing. There was also a book called Run, Love, Kill. Uh, what was our elevator pitch for this one again? Uh, we said it was Eon uh, Flux meets um, the that, game, that Perfect game Perfect Dark. Perfect Dark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which wow. is, and in most of this, the interesting thing about Run Love Kill is that for the first, I guess, 15 pages, it's just completely wordless. There's no dialogue. And it's it's literally her running through guns and, and some sort of. Uh, very weird obstacle course of, of danger. And they've got some sort of, some sort of weird organic uh, teleporter called the Bloom. Yeah, and there seems to be whales as well. Yes. Uh, Captain, it's a, it's, they had a you sold it so well. Like, this, is a, no, this is an odd little book, but strangely, I actually kind of dug it. And, and um, when you do get into the dialogue, you get, you're getting into this plot line that she's got something to hide because of tattoos on her body. She's paying off a debt, and people are drastically leaving this futuristic city because they're building a wall around it. Yeah. And so everybody's trying to escape before this wall it's, basically it, goes up. It's another image sci-fi book, and they're doing a lot of sci-fi mm. books at the moment. Which is a nice change of pace considering that all they did was horror. Horror, yeah. That's true, actually. Uh, but no, I, I definitely recommend this one. Just if purely for the visuals alone, um, which they're absolutely wonderful. Uh, but uh, in terms of the other comics that came out, there's Chrononauts. I will quickly mention Chrononauts. Have you, did you read the first issue of that, Ryan? 
I read the first issue, yeah. Yeah, so the second issue's out this week. Uh, what did you think of the first one? I didn't mind it. I thought it was a little thin on character, but it certainly is. I mean, Shogun Murphy Art is amazing every mm. time, so that was kind of cool. Well, the, this one sort of picks up with what's happening with uh, – basically, long story short, this one immediately picks up with he's actually finds his partner in the past and who hasn't actually been stranded there at all. He's just been running through time and space, creating a little fiefdom for himself. And so he's nice. now, and he's now caught up in that. So that's where this issue goes. You just get him bouncing back and forth through time and space. You know, just finding it. Like you know, he's got an apartment in in Paris, and you know, in in the in the twenties, and he's got um, he's hanging out with uh, a, a, you know a struggling young actress, uh, uh, Norma Jean Baker, in in the early fifties, you know, and stuff, and and cool. all this sort of stuff. So it's it's it, and and the other guy, rather than coming back, and going, I have to stop you. You're ruining time. Going, well, this looks fun. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's the two of them running through time and space now with the people in the future going well we have to stop them yeah. so um, nice little twist there I thought and I'm really enjoying this so uh, I want to see where this goes and I like, like I've come to a place where I'm like I can, I can enjoy Miller's stuff I never feel like he's he's hitting amazingly high like character or emotional beats in his story no but he's certainly a high concept sort of mastermind it's uh, it's uncanny that he can come up with. They are they're good ideas, and he certainly works them well. And I mean, like uh, Starlight, mm. very cool idea, and it had some great visuals in there. And I mean, Goran Palov art is always good. But then mm. in the end, I kind of just went, oh, that was that was the story arc. Oh, okay, like that was cool. But it's it, it just always feels a little thin. And instead of sitting there and like like much of the internet pissing and moaning about it, <laughs> I just take it for what it is. It was like going out to see the Kingsman movie. It's good fun. Like you I should love be able to take film. it as that too. Yeah, and this is exactly what this is. Now, by the time they've moved into the second issue of Cronenord, it's just fun. It's just it, it seems to be a bit yeah. of a romp at this point, and and I'm down for that because if a romp with Sean Murphy's art is is it's a pretty awesome looking romp. I'd roll in the hay with it. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't kick it out of bed for eating crackers. <laughs> eating, <laughs> eating white people? What? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that would be usually grounds for kicking someone out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got to say. Do, and I know I haven't seen anyone ever mention this, but Sean Gordon Murphy was doing a book with Remender for Image. That was announced. I'm not crazy yet. Oh, was that that uh, Tokyo? Tokyo something. Not Tokyo Drift. Mm. <laughs> it was Tokyo something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then it just, this like I, I can only assume, and this is an assumption, bleeding cool, know that I've said assumption, I don't know. Mm. But like Sean Gordon Murphy got offered to do this book, which was already picked up as a movie, and he was like, oh, of course I'll get paid. Like you'd be a clown not to. Yeah. And, but I just wonder, is he going to go back to Remember? Will we ever see this other book? Like, I hope so. I mean, I mean, he looks like he's a very, you know, he's, his arts were quite detailed and, and very distinctive. So I wonder yeah. Yeah, that whether it was just a scheduling thing and who yeah. knows, Remender's writing 1,500 books as well at the moment. So Well, that's it. I'm sure he can put something on hold. Yeah. That's but right. I, but I want to see Sean Murphy go back because I like Remenda and especially Remenda's creator own stuff is amazingly yeah. well crafted in, in character stakes. And you're I mean you you're loving uh, Deadly Class as much as I am at the moment. Oh, Deadly Class. Well, um, Hawkeye is one issue away from finishing, and then Deadly Class will be the best book on the shelves. Yeah, absolutely. Until July. Yeah, you guys aren't reading this at the moment, but I definitely definitely recommend Deadly Class, Wes Craig. I met both uh, Rick Remender and Wes Craig in uh, the states and. Amazing oh, book, but I'd, I'd been reading. Uh, in fact, I think I'd got a couple of issues behind, and it was you, Ryan, who said, "Catch up! It's the greatest thing on the shelves at the moment." And I did, and it, and it really is. It, uh, it's just so good, and the art sort of it has this almost David Aha sort of aspect mm. to it, but it's it's certainly not aping anything, and it's 
really well acted but really simple but it's the page layouts like Wes Craig goes crazy with it and Remenda is I mean the whole high concept was it was basically like it just sounded like it was the X you know school but for mm. assassins yeah and they, they haven't really used that they've just been working with the characters and I yeah. love that I absolutely love that he's just like well we're not just going to make sure we have these lessons and Statham's going to teach you how to beat Neeson and blah 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 <laughs> they've gone in and gone well he's you know he's going to mess up relationships and it's it's so damn good. Yeah, I really like uh, it, that. Is a book every issue that comes out, it's it's straight on top of the red pile. It was a new one comes out next week. Twelve is out next week, so oh, uh, so by the time this show comes out, it'll be days away. And you can get the first trade now, I think, as well. So definitely go and check that mm. out. It's got it's yeah, got the first trade's like the ten US bucks, so it's super cheap. Yeah, so he actually includes a like a a, a soundtrack, like a, a playlist with every uh, <laughs> issue, which is. Really, really cool. This is really post-punk kind of late '80s soundtrack to it. Yeah. Um, we, I'm going to skip what we've been watching because we're already 40 minutes into this thing, and we're going to be talking about a big thing we've been watching. Um, yes. I am going to just quickly mention that Agents of Shield this week is really cool because the Inhumans thing is just really taking off. Apparently, they're that. spinning this off too. I've, I've heard rumors that there's going to be a spin-off series, and it could be Inhuman-based. That so, would be cool. Um, and I've also heard that there may actually be a crossover between the Netflix universe and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So. They've already, like, the, the orphanage that Sky yeah. went to is the same orphanage yeah. that, yeah. They've already started seeding it. So um, That yeah, will be cool. Very interesting. Marvel's very good at tying it all together. So. Yeah. It's all connected. <laughs> Hashtag. Um, Arrow and the Flash this week is just uh, interesting to note because there was a sort of a mini crossover in both uh, episodes, really. Like, they had... Arrow characters over in the Flash, and the Adam was. All I'm going to say about bad the Flash. CGI all I'm going to say about the Flash this week is the villainess in that episode of the Flash felt like she should have been in the '90s series. Yeah, <laughs> is that a compliment? Or no, is that- <laughs> she was played by uh, Beth from The Walking Dead. Yeah, um, and I thought she was Queen Bee, but she's actually the Buckeye Bandit. Yeah, it's yeah. And her so. name, her last name, sounded very close to something like Larva. So <laughs> it was, yeah, no, she, and it was all played very much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not, not good. Okay, well, it's time though. I think uh, I like the episode though. Yeah, it was, it was fun though. It was yeah, still fun was at fun. the end of the day. It wasn't, you know, the best episode of the season, but it's been pretty high quality so far. Mm. Go and See, check I've out. Watched the- either of those shows, and somebody pointed out probably why it was another fellow, it was a mate of mine, Mal Briggs, who uh, is a manager at Impact Comics. And I said to him, have you been watching Arrow? And he goes, look, I'll watch Arrow when they market it towards <laughs> me. He goes, if when I had to open a DC book and I'm like, abs, 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 right in my face, it's not going to make me watch a TV show. That's every show. DC book. What are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't really want to watch a show with abs. And that's why I'm, I'm well, not there's no, ab, there's, no, either. there's no abs in Flash. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, he said Flash is good. It's fun. Yeah. And it's 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 Flash. something that I like. I like it sounds like I should check it out. Whereas Arrow, I saw most of the first season and then just I, I just lost it. I got to say, three seasons into Arrow, I'm actually enjoying the Flash more at yeah. this point. So, yeah. but as I always say, the Flash is in its first year, so mm. see where it's at in three years' time. So, I don't know. I'm going to defend Green Arrow. Oh, sorry, are you in Green Arrow? Of course you are. Oh, oh. I happen to like Green Arrow's abs. You're like, well, that's we've had enough time. Uh, sorry, Ryan K. Lindsay, go. <laughs> <laughs> and this is behind the. <laughs> okay, um, I think we're going to go into some news headlines because if we, we've got a few of them this week, and I can't remember who starts, David. Is it me? It's me. Okay, here's the news headlines. The 
The 2015 Ledger Awards were announced last weekend with Jace Harper's Awkward, which we covered back in issue 126 of the show, taking out a gold ledger alongside Pinocchio from David Chevelle and Tim McBurney. Dean Rankine's Eddie Bitty Bunnies in Rainbow Pixie Candyland Save Christmas took out a silver ledger. Full list can be found at ledgerawards.com or by following the link in our show notes. Tim Molly's Mr. Unpronounceable. Malloy. Malloy. Why do I do that every time? Tim Molloy's Mr. <laughs> Unpronounceable and the sect of the bleeding eye for Milk Shadow Books has taken out Best Graphic Novel at the 2015, you move the page, R.L.S. Awards. Because <laughs> I'm messing with you. The other Star Wars news this week, Lando Calrissian will get his own limited series from Marvel. Lando number one will drop in July from creators Charles Saul and Alex Maleev. I won't be happy till there's an audiobook. The Preacher <laughs> TV series has Cult its Jesse Custer. Uh, Seth Rogen confirms via Twister that Dominic Cooper has been cast as the lead in the upcoming Woo! AMC show. Not a dream, not a hoax. Archie versus Sharknado will be published by Archie Comics in July. Another must-buy in July. The same day that Sharknado 3, ah, oh, hell no, premieres on Sci-Fi. <laughs> Kevin Feige has confirmed that the next Spider-Man film will star a teenage Peter Parker, but will not be an origin story. Thank God. Olivia Munn will join the cast of X-Men Age of Apocalypse as, <laughs> Bet- <laughs> as Betsy Braddock, a.k.a. Psylocke. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Robert Kirkman's Skybound production has signed a first-look deal with Universal. Director Michelle McLaren has reportedly departed Warner's Wonder Woman, that's hard to say, over creative differences. Warner has named Patty Jenkins, who once walked from Thor, the Dark World, in similar circumstances as the new Helmer. Captain America Civil War has been announced as the first Marvel film with scenes that will be shot exclusively for the IMAX format. And finally, another artist is sitting in the great convention in the sky tonight as the sad news that Herb Trimpey passed away at the age of 75. He most famously co-created Wolverine in the pages of The Incredible Hulk, along with the aforementioned Betsy Braddock and uh, Marvel's first G.I. Joe comic. He was fired by Marvel in 96 and he wrote a New York Times article in 2000 that revenge is still in my heart. I love that. After gaining a degree, he would teach art at a local New York school before returning to his signature character in 2008 in an abomination story for Marvel. Marvel editor-in-chief Axel Alonso commented this week, to me, no artist is as synonymous with Incredible Hulk as Herb Trimpey, who gave the Jade Giant a sense of pathos and a scale that set the bar for every artist that followed him. Like a Hulk punch, Trimpey's art truly exploded off the page. Comics lost a giant. It Mm. certainly did. He will be missed. He will be missed. And we also should mention that Ty Templeton's in hospital at the moment after suffering a heart attack and behind the panels uh, sends their best wishes to him. Get well soon, sir. Get well soon. Now, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we'd lost you there. Uh, I think we, we got you here for a reason. And that reason is the pick of the week. Well, see how you like this. What is it, Batman? Whatever it is, it's... It's awfully funny. <laughs> it's the pick of the week. Bless me, Father, for I've sinned. It's been too long since my last confession. I've been preoccupied of late with questions of morality. Of right and wrong. Good and evil. We don't say his name. Perhaps this will be easier if you tell me what you've done. How did it happen? You think this is still about you? I'm not seeking forgiveness for what I've done, Father. I'm asking forgiveness for what I'm about to do. 
just trying to make my city a better place. <clears throat> Aren't we all? Aren't we? That all? reminds me of the music from like the Alien franchise. <laughs> 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 I love that in, in spoilers, but in episode five, when um, uh, Foggy bursts out of uh, <laughs> Matt's chest, it's just unbelievable. <laughs> it was it was unexpected. It was unexpected, but it was good. It was good. Uh, Ryan, you've you, I think you you posted something recently on your site you, that you've spent much of your adult life writing about Daredevil. Uh, it, look, initial impressions. Just as uh, we'll, we'll get deeper into this as the show goes on, but just as someone who has has written about read and loved daredevil for so long in your initial impressions of the show i dug it i gotta admit i dug it i don't think it's perfect but it the good certainly outweighs a few of my niggling issues so yeah as and as far as like a, a, a superhero tv show goes it's better than arrow Jeez. <laughs> that's that's on the poster from now on. <laughs> Netflix. Than it's better than arrow. Jeez, Ron K. Lindsay. <laughs> way, way to just <laughs> jab that in there. <laughs> I'm gonna make t-shirts. For- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, look, guys, we've spoken about this a little bit on on other shows. We, we gave initial impressions last week because we'd all watched various episodes, but we've all binged a lot in the last week because mm. it's only been out on Netflix for a week at this point. Since the 10th. Since so. the 10th, so just over so, a week at this so point. Can we just say now, like, just spoilers? Yes, for please. Rest of the show. Oh, yes. Yeah. So from this point on, if yeah. you haven't binged it, and there's no reason that you shouldn't uh, have this available to you, and I'm, this is one of those few times where I'm going to say, um, I'm really, really, really annoyed with torrenters this week because there was a, a story that 2.1 million torrent downloads have happened to the show. You can get it for free, people. Sign yeah, up for Netflix, Netflix now. It's got a free month mm. and it's still got like a week left on that deal. Yeah. And then there's it's, no, like you do not have to sign up beyond that. But the free, the free month is actually anybody who subscribes. I don't think it actually... Yeah, whenever you start, whenever you, you, get you start, month, you get a month yeah. free. Yeah. So yeah, no, yeah, it doesn't matter right. when you sign up for it, you get a month <clears throat> to watch this for free. Yeah. That's right. So there are no excuses to be pirating this. Go out and just watch it. Make sure they make more series. That's mm. the only reason. Because when the series are as good as this, we want to see more of them. And we yeah. still have four of them to come. Yeah. So. <laughs> So um, if you haven't watched it, stop this episode, pause it now, and, and then come, come back, back to, to it when you, when you finish, because you will finish this fairly quickly. Yeah. I'll see you guys in 30 hours. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you guys doing? <laughs> we knew you'd be back. Yeah, you know, right. I've got your coffee, you've, you've been to the bathroom, cool. Now, Hopefully uh, I had a shower. <laughs> had, had, your, had your Red Bull, it's all, it's all good. Um, nice cup of tea. That's that's. Can I just say these are all beverages? I'm just just listing off beverages. My initial reaction to this series was, I was very surprised at how violent it was. Um, This was, uh, it was. I mean, and I'm not saying that as criticism in any way. I'm so glad they went that far. Um, I was really expecting, you know, another Arrow, Flash, you know, Agents of Shield, what have you type series, and for them to actually really go. I mean, this is like Marvel Max territory violence, you know. Well, especially yeah, yeah. it's like a Max book. Especially when they have the crutch of just being able to like cut to like blind vision every time something violent happens and yeah. they, they don't do but they that. don't yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's you know? a really good point i mean but it's one of those things where like matt murdoch is such a broken guy and realistically always has been even if you uh break it down to the very early episodes with his fractured mental mike murdoch state mm-hmm. he's never been a sane guy He's always been a little bit off mm. and he just progressively got worse. And once you run him through Miller, Bendis and Brubaker and a few others, <laughs> he was totally shattered. But I liked that the show was willing to do that. And they still made him likable as a lead, but they sort of 
like I was watching the, the very opening monologue where he's sitting there with the priest. Mm. And I thought, oh, is this, is this going to be a little bit on the nose? Like he's talking about, you know, my dad had the devil in him. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. That's, yeah, okay. Well, that's, that's, but then the whole point of the story was, you know, the, the Murdoch boys have some anchor management issues. And <laughs> they showed that in the fights where he just kept going. And it was like, right, left, right, left. And he's, he's doing what no other superhero would do because basically he's been a violent asshole. Mm. Yeah. And actually, that's a really interesting point because there's two things I want to say about that. It's like one, somebody tweeted me when I was saying like, I'm almost done. They said, look, I love Marvel. I love everything Marvel does. Is this going to be too violent for me? And I was kind of, I wasn't quite sure how to answer that because it's like, yeah, it's very Marvel, but yeah, it is very violent at the well, same time. Well, my wife is already out. She basically, yeah. she watched the first couple of episodes and just went, it's too dark. There's no humor in it and it's just too dark. Because we'll talk about it in a minute. Like the end of the second episode has one of the, the best yeah. but most prolonged pieces of violence I've seen on a TV show. And a single take. It is yeah. amazing. And we'll talk about, we're definitely yeah. going to talk about that more, but also- And the, car doors. And car yeah, doors. Yeah, let's talk about the last well, scene, of, scene, where last scene of episode four. Yeah. 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 The car door down and I thought, oh, my wife is not. that's that's where my wife was out (laughs) at that point you know I saw a few people on Twitter say that as well they were like "Oh, why do things have to be this violent I'm out (laughs) yeah it's not even that violent really like oh it's pretty violent this happens every week for you alright in the scheme it's not like he ran over him or anything he just used the door in the scheme of like the the world that we live in yeah, like these are all bad people. Don't lose their head in the car yeah, door every day these, in my these world. Are all bad I know you live on the North Shore, Dave. But I, <laughs> I mean, you guys, was that bad you guys haven't there. killed a few homeless people for fun. You've, you've never done that. <laughs> yes, but I mean, it's not. I don't mention it on air. I don't I tell people. My wife. Like, yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the thing is, and but no, the, it's it's violent. It is. It is violent and it's sustained. It's like I'm not. I'm not advocating this for children. Most <laughs> no, of the, know, and we yeah. should say like, that, that it's very much rated TV adult. You know, yes. it's it's it's, mm. it's got its adult rating on there. The other thing, and when it comes out on you know DVD and Blu-ray, I imagine it'll be a hard MA or, or it'll so. be MA at least. Yeah. It's not yeah. Cronenberg. Yeah. No, but the thing is, the thing I'm interested, uh, the thing that's interesting to me is that uh, I really I really like what you were saying there, Ryan, about the fact that you know this is uh, Matt Murdock who was run through the ringer. And he responds in a very angry, violent kind of way in a lot of these situations. And and I guess one of my quibbles of the series is that most of the time it's kind of like drama, 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 fist fight, fist fight, fist fight, drama, 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 fist fight, fist fight. And I, I know that's kind of a comic book kind of uh, uh, sequential kind of setup in the way that they've kind of tried to do things here. But I, I'm, I don't know. I, I, there's something about the... Uh, the relentlessness of the violence that I can see how that would put people off and that would kind of create a little bit of a distance and sort of almost take you out of of that really great character work that they'd be doing throughout the other episodes as well. I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, as far as it goes to like, you know, having the brutality and then uh, making the brutality part of the structure, Mm. this is one, at least just for Marvel, it's one uh, TV show when if you don't like that, Age of Ultron's coming around the corner and yeah. I'm sure it won't be that violent. And you've got the, the Guardians of the Galaxy was certainly a little more age-friendly and things like that. Mm. This made that choice and made it very early to say we're, we're pretty much a max version of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So mm. we're going to lead with that. We're going to go strong. But if you look at episode two, pretty much half of that is just Karen and Foggy. And yeah. it's sweet and it's funny 
And I mean, you know, they're drinking the eel and yeah. stuff like that. I, I, I thought the laughs were um, actually, dark and dry, but the laughs yeah. were there. Actually, and you're right, because the other half of that episode notwithstanding the last scene of mm, episode yeah. two, the rest of it is Murdoch talking to the night nurse. Yeah. And yeah, so exactly. you've got that relationship forming on one side, you've got Foggy mm. and Karen on the other side. And it really is Who just we didn't see enough of, by the way. The night nurse. Yeah. No, but I, I suspect casting uh, Rosario Dawson as the She's night nurse back. was a great move because the night nurse yeah. plays a very big part in Doctor Strange comics, uh, yeah. plays a big part in, in Iron Fist. So they can just transition um, her over to the films can, as well. Yeah, yeah, she can just move in and out seamlessly through television series and so forth. Yeah. But and they also, like, they blended Night Nurse with Claire, is it uh, Temple? Temple, yeah. Uh, and, but, and that's a different character, and I'm pretty sure she dated Luke Cage at some stage in the comics. Yeah, they did. So I think uh, Rosario Dawson said, yeah, it is very much a combination of those mm. two characters, and yeah. that's what they've done So there. she can go into that. Like, yeah, that yeah. Is, is pretty shrewd. And what I liked was she didn't look airbrushed throughout the show. No, she was she mm. was she looked tired and then she looked harried at work and, yet, and then she as beautiful she as ever at the same time. Like, she's fabulous. Mm. Well, and that's it. She can still carry it at no mm. point and I I have nobody would be doing this are they like, oh Rosario doesn't look ugly. This is terrible television. Oh, no. Like, no, she just looked like she was actually a real character in in a world that was this post uh, you know, Avengers uh, Battle of New York world, and and she's a nurse for God's sake. She like brought, she's busy, and she brought depth and gravitas yeah. to the character, which yeah. for for a character that is effectively only in three episodes, um, yeah. Mm, I yeah. think she did she did a fantastic job, and you, she made an impression in those. Yeah, the I think my my. I've got a couple of niggles with the series. I loved it. I mean, just adored this. So before you go, I want to touch on something Ryan just said there about yeah. the, the touches to the Avengers, that, that post-Avengers post thing. There's constant references to the rebuilding, rebuilding York, and, yeah. and yeah. rents a that bit was, cheaper they, here. They did it slide of hand too and they weren't overt about it, but yeah. it was definitely there. I yeah. kept that waiting. Fast. I kept waiting throughout the entire series. You know, there was several times where they would meet at the Riverside and I kept waiting, these vistas of the city in the background. I kept waiting to see Stark Tower off in the background, yeah. but they right. never put it in. I was wondering why they didn't do that, because that would have been so easy for them just to insert Stark Tower in there. Yeah, it would have been nice, actually. Um, and then we would have had that, that one little oh, link. Well, it's, I hate it now. <laughs> no, the, my, my only my only niggles with this series, I, as I say, I love this series to death. My only niggles were, and we'll come back to this later in the episode, I'm sure, I wasn't overly fond of the final Daredevil costume at the, at the final reveal. Which we should uh, say, I, I, got, I, got, I, got, I got a bigger bone to pick with Netflix. It was like three days into the streaming, they changed the background image. The color. Yes, yeah. the yeah. icon changed. Yeah, yeah I was I like, seriously? You've just spoiled the ending. Although in retrospect, know. it prepared you. Yeah, that's true. Well, actually. I guess that's what we're looking at. Yeah. The other, the other slight niggle, <laughs> had, the other slight niggle I had, which was not a huge one because it wasn't awful, but I was a little bit disappointed with the casting of Foggy because I just, I oh, never I felt, I, I never felt that I actually got the true Foggy with that actor. He felt a little bit forced. Um, but I don't think he's like the character of Foggy in the no, comics at all anyway. I love But surrounded by such amazing performances around him, mm. he Everyone's was spot on, yeah. He was highlighted as not being as good as he could and be. Like, Especially I mean, when you're I dealing mean, like with... Karen, Karen's nothing like what I remember. No, no. And that, but that was all, fine because she, gave, she yes. brought this character yeah. to life. And that's um, smart because if you play some 60s bombshell, it's going to look... Like clown shoes, especially and, they, if she's a and you can see yeah. they had to make a choice. So, like, well, how are we going to play? So, like, 
Karen and they had to update her and I like that basically yep. she spends the show pretty much as Foggy's love interest. Well, yeah. Yes. When I was watching, Which I really, li- I really liked that. Mm, that I dug that. I'm like, yeah. absolutely. I want to see out of Every, every other show would have just had her pining over, over Matt. Like, Well, literally, I, think, I watched. Know, it was such a smart move. It made her more independent it felt you know and it gave all yeah. of their sequences of which they have many like those two i thought bounced really well and so did Yurik. once he comes into it he worked with karen pretty well although their sequences the scripting of it lacked a bit of a differentiation mm. but the mm. chemistry was good yeah 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 i will say though that my favorite performance and for me personally i could have watched this entire series Write out everything else. Yeah. I could have just watched Vincent D'Onofrio. Well, yeah. His performance, the nuance that he brought to Kingpin, the idea of making him almost a damaged child, yeah. rather than just a whoa, ha, ha, bad guy. And to like take we back, played before, take back something I said before. I mean, there was that entire episode which is pretty much dedicated to his backstory, which yeah. is wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah. I just, I found myself. Yeah. He was riveting when he was on screen. There was this because you never knew what was going to come next because he was prone to these outbursts of yeah. violence. It made it made like out of um, nowhere. Fifty nine minute episodes just. Yeah, yeah. We should, yeah. We should yeah. point and out. I mean, you you yeah. look at Kingpin in the comics, and he is this brutal, sharp, in control sort of a villain. Mm. And they totally didn't do that. Like they no. played D'Onofrio plays him like he's a he's a petulant kid. Like he's mm. definitely somewhere. That is virgin I felt like on, on this on this autism spectrum. <laughs> yeah, autism. yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. I yeah, mean, well, I, yeah, I, exactly. and I hope that doesn't yeah. offend anybody because as a teacher, no. I, I talk in that language a lot, but he certainly felt like he was in that area where it's like, well, you embarrassed me, so now I'm going to end yeah. you. Yeah. Well, like, it's, so, it's so interesting because like, the, the, whole, the whole parallel of like Matt Murdock is someone who's trying to use the law to take control of Hell's Kitchen and you've got Wilson Fisk trying to you know do, take control through criminal means. Mm. Yeah. And then the same parallel is they both lost their father at pivotal moments yeah. in their childhood and it, mm. it, it kind of shows like the trauma of the death of a father and the the way two different people oh it also shows you take the effects that. of a father as well yeah and what that yeah. affects the on, absence a small, on a small a boy yeah. Yeah. can actually make i mean we don't want to get into the whole argument of nurture versus nature and blah 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 but i mean the fact is that at that young age there was a very impressionable time mm. for both of those children and we mm. had we had, but you've also got Matt's de facto father and Stick as well. Yeah, that comes into yeah. it. Yeah, and, and, but the, the the effect that uh, Wilson Stick. Fisk's Stick was, <laughs> Stick was cool. The, the, yeah. the effect that Wilson Fisk's father had on him, mm. right up to the ultimate demise and how he took him out, was mm. just was just gut. And the way they telegraph that demise, the way yeah. they telegraph yeah. like this, when when I loved I love Fisk looking at himself in the mirror and seeing this bloodied child. Yeah. Oh, you know what made, what made it for me was the painting. Yeah. The whole painting oh. thing. Yeah. And it, it Look mimicked at it his wall. the man you, you know? want to be. Yeah. 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 That was pretty cool. Whereas, and I thought they filmed D'Onofrio well and he looked good. And during the fight scenes, it just looked like everything was a haymaker. I thought they, yeah. they staged those really well. My only issue was every now and then they had a long shot. And I was like, huh, so the kingpin is just slightly bigger than Bob Gunton. Interesting. It's like a miniature kingpin. I'm like, oh, that's cute. I'll put him in a handbag. <laughs> but there was a strength behind him, and that's the thing. You look at him and just go, he wasn't the behemoth of a man that he was in the comic books or even Michael Clark Duncan. Michael Clark one, Duncan. Yeah. But he had this over, overwhelmingly huge 
uh, presence. And that's that's a yeah. testament to Vincent, yeah. testament totally. to Vincent Offer that you, as you said, were it not for those long shots for all the world, you thought he was this he giant uh, man, this yeah. immense yeah, man. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of loved it as like you know he's this guy with huge, enormous stature that takes control of a room just by walking into it, mm. but he's actually a child. Like he yeah. he wears mm. he wears the uniform, the same kind of uniform that I think Daredevil wears. Like mm. his uniform is suits. It's a wardrobe full of suits. It's, Armored suits. It's yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that's that's later in. Yeah. Uh, but on face value, and he his cufflinks are as like they're like Daredevil's batons. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. I don't. I kind of. That's how I kind of. And how beautiful anyway. was that sequence? Cool. Um, yeah. I think it's like episode eight or somewhere down the track where Vanessa dresses him. Yeah. So he doesn't get to pick his same uniform yeah. that he always picks. Vanessa dresses him, dresses him in lighter clothes. Although I was waiting for a white suit, but yeah, same, yeah. yeah but dress him. She picks, makes a comment about the cravat, though. In there, yeah, you notice that? yeah, picks the different yeah. cufflinks, and then when she moves away from the mirror, he sees himself as himself, not as the bloody dead. That's kid. true. Yeah. And you sit there and you just go, "That's a beautiful sequence," you know. Yeah. And the the portrayal, the portrayal of that relationship with Vanessa, which is so important in the comic books yes. as well. Mm-hmm. And you sit there and you just look at it and go, "They just nailed that early that." The, if for all intents and purposes, this was Kingpin's origin story. Yeah, and right, we actually right. we actually got that that beautiful relationship forming. That's really interesting, and I, I want to pick up on that because I think in many ways, even though this season was called Daredevil season one, effectively, it, it's in many ways it's Kingpin season one. In the same way that, uh, this, and this is just to take us back to to Batman year one when we talked about when we last had you on, Ryan. You know, mm. it was half of that story was Commissioner Gordon's story as yeah, well as yeah. being Batman's story. They've kind of used a similar structure here mm. that half of it's Matt Murdock's story, half of it's Wilson Fisk's, Wilson Fisk's story as well, that's I think. Twister for you. Yeah. Wilson <laughs> <laughs> Fisk's third. Well, I mean, that's, that's, I think it's kind of at the heart of what makes Daredevil a great character. Like, it is, it is someone who by day is using the law and mm. by night, is, is, is a vigilante, is a vigilante yeah. you know, and you kind of mirror that with Wilson Fisk. You have to, who who is to the world a lawful, law-abiding citizen yeah. as well. But and what I didn't get was they were like, you know, my employer, and we didn't mention his name. We didn't even see the kingpin for a few issues, and then they finally were like, oh, it's Wilson Fisk, and I think it was Urich was like, well, who's that? Nobody knows who he is, mm. and then the and man then who nobody knows. knows who he is gets on the news. <laughs> yeah. and everyone's like, well, let's listen to this man. Yes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's, ama- it's amazing how it's amazing how when you say he's rich, how important he becomes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, and that's the only reason I guess it would make a difference. And and then in the end, like, and I was able to sort of push that aside because the whole idea is, and and somebody really eloquently said it on Twitter where they were like, oh, Daredevil's uh, arch nemesis in the story is gentrification. Yeah. So they should yeah. just look at the kingpin trying to like, you know, buy up all these tenements and change them up and, and, and make the suburb richer by screwing over the inhabitants who actually live in Hell's Kitchen. And yeah. then that's what, what Matt Murdock has to fight against. Because in the end, like kingpin, and I thought they just didn't nail it in the fact that, you know, I mean, he bashes somebody's head in with the door. I guess he does a few nasty things, but I never got that depth of what he was doing I guess he was much more a chess player where it was just like, well, I'm setting up the Russians to do this and I'm setting up, you know, Turk to do this and everybody else. But it never actually felt like he was that deep in it. Well, he was, though, if you think. I mean, yes, Madame Chow was actually doing it. But when you think yeah. about yeah. it, Madame Chow? Gal. Gal, Madame Gal. Gal. But when you actually think about it, he was literally lacing uh, heroin through Hell's Kitchen. He was yeah. directly involved in slavery. He was, because he was, even though the Russians were doing it or she was doing it, he was yeah. the kingpin. He was organizing it. Was all it all. his head, yeah. So he was the person who was behind it all, you mm. know? So. I guess so. I, I, I kind of thought that it was interesting that they, well, in my opinion. And as each it, one of those, yeah. before you go on, as each one of those factions fell, he took it over. 
Yeah. So it wasn't like they was the problem was going away. He and was they didn't shy away. away for some fairly nasty stuff. Yeah. Like it start opened with you know slavery basically. Yeah. yeah so it, so yeah, yeah, pretty intense. In my, in my opinion, I think that they intended to have the kingpin be weak and not not be in complete control. Like I yeah. I think he was more inclined to rage. It made for a more interesting multi-dimensional character to me than just someone who was just the kingpin. Mm. You know, like the, there was a lot more to it. There was like, he was, in my, how I read it was he was this child trying to be an adult and I keep stressing that. Yeah. Mm. It was like he, he was trying to be in charge, but he didn't know how to, to be in charge. He didn't know how to, to talk to women. He didn't know how to be out in public. He didn't know how to give speeches. Like, Which is what made like, him more dangerous in the end. Yeah, because, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, yeah. The unpredictability yeah. of it. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and that, that's kind of what I found interesting. He, he breathed rarefied air. Yeah. You know, and that that itself was his real scariness. Yeah. Mm. No, no, that's and it all sort of came from a broken understanding of his father, which was just, mm. it seemed like it was just about power and the respect that comes from it, not actually doing something the dad was always about you know you put yourself out there and it's like but you put yourself out there to do what like he just wanted to put himself the dad just wanted to put himself out there to get a better place and to, mm. to get the kickbacks and all the, the the garbage that comes around it and fisk sort of tried to make it better he's he, he basically shares the tagline of i'm just trying to make my you know city a better place but he's doing it so poorly yeah the kind of thing is i guess in the end it, it doesn't matter how poorly you do it when you're able to just pay everybody yeah, well, that's you know, like, it. Yeah, you know, like, and that's that's kind of a real life problem in a way. Like, not as overtly in Daredevil, but I mean, it's not much of a stretch to think this kind of stuff goes on in in real life. Mm. You know, like, especially within the legal system and with you know, like how this kind of stuff would, mm. would play out. Like, it's not mm. too much of a stretch. You know? There's two things. No, are- no, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a crazy supervillain thing. This could be happening. Anywhere, well, yeah. in America, yes. There's, there's two things. So, <laughs> like, two look, w- it's not. It's not. It's it's one stone throw shy of the ninety nine percent stuff. Yeah, Ooh. absolutely, it is. Yeah. Well, it's actually, funny you should mention that because something picking up on something you said before, Ryan, about the gentrification of Hell's Kitchen, and yeah. I think it was Phil Jimenez who actually said something on uh, Twitter this week. He was saying, "Oh, I hate the way that they keep portraying Hell's Kitchen as this dank, dirty place." I think it's actually called Clinton these days. It is, yeah. um, and that it's you know it's been and it's and, very gentrified well, now. Well, so. Phil Jimenez yeah. said actually, I think the phrase that Phil Jimenez used was, "You know, since the gay gentrification of mm. of, of of that part of New York," and mm. but I think I, I, I got to stress this is Marvel's Hell Kitchen, mm. not. Right. Not, not yeah, the this actual is the comic New York. Hell's yeah. Kitchen. Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to pick up on is the character you mentioned very briefly, which we haven't spoken about at all, Ben Urich. Yeah. Mm. Um, who was played amazingly. I was so excited they brought uh, this character in because once again, yeah. I thought here is an actor who could quite literally bring Ben Urich into Civil War. You could take, you could mm. take Ben Urich throughout the entire Marvel universe now, and then. Done. <laughs> yeah, I was I was furious. <clears throat> yeah, I was absolutely. This furious. was uh, Vondi Curtis. I said, Hall I've said on the, I've said on, the, on on panels before, like that one of my dreams is to see a frontline show. Yes. Yeah, just just to be on TV during all of the Marvel MCU movies, and now it can't happen. And, and I and thought, it felt like it wouldn't have been so mistake. cool. And I mean, they got yeah. the gut punch out of us because all mm. of us are sitting here going, "Well, we love Ben Urich, we love yeah. the actor there." Well, now you've punched us in the nuts because you killed him. But I the the big takeaway I took was like. Who did they kill in there? They killed like a, I think she's a Spanish, the lady. 
and mm. they killed the black guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> I didn't even was... think about it. Like, that's so oh. interesting. No, nor did I, but. All, all that was going on in oh, my head. the Russian guy. guys. Like... On the Russian guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Russian Russian guy. Wesley. Don't you know Wesley's that. don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but Wesley's don't last that long in a show. You guys no, know I was talking that. about the Russian guy who had his head in the door. <laughs> oh, okay. No, um, no, my. my so, I didn't think Wesley about, was That's really interesting. Like, um, <laughs> but guys, can you imagine. Henchman's always done. Like, how cool it would have been. Like, he could have met, like, Sally Floyd in the end of the first series. Yeah. Yeah. Know. And given that they've got Civil War coming up in the cinematic queue. Yeah. It was, a, I mean, that was. This could have been Marvel's The Wire. It could have yeah. been like. The, yes. the Yeah. You know? Yeah. Ryan. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Got there and all I kept thinking was, well, it won't happen this season, but next season, Yurik is going to sit down in the cinema next to an informant and they're yes. going to get a sigh through the chest and he's going to be sitting there freaking the hell <laughs> yeah. out because that is one of the best sequences in any comic when mm-hmm. Electra turns up and just talks behind him in the cinema and yeah. you just see his face drop and you know. Vondi Curtisol would have nailed that scene, and I'm just sitting there watching him chew it up, going, "Oh, this is—it's all going to go there." And then, I mean, unless the hand resurrect Ben Urich, and hey. well, where do things have happened? Exactly, yeah. it they, they, I they just could play thought, with oh, it. They're just throwing of, away so many opportunities. Yeah, I know yeah. they are. A lot of the final episode felt to me as if, like, hey, we're not going to get another another series. Like, we're just going to mm. roll this into a movie. Like, well, are we? Yeah. Because we've got the we've got Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and, and Iron Fist, and then Defenders. Mm. When are they planning to do another Daredevil? Yeah, Way after all of that. Yeah. yeah. So. Like, that's... Because that got me worried, because I was like, I really love this show. Roll on season two. Oh, what, are we going to wait three years? Mm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I will, but... I'd I'd say it's all um Sturm and Drum or whatever they whatever the phrase is yeah. like it's all just like let's just wait and see like how many people download this. There's there's it. a very strong possibility that next year, right, yeah. along with Iron Fist, we also mm. get a second season of Daredevil once Daredevil is rolling. You know, yeah. So if there are yeah, enough downloaders, so well, and what do you like? To what you're going to get Charlie Cox to become a bigger star and then not be able to get him back? Mm. Although I'm Marvel signed people to the biggest contracts, they are super smart. Well, it's actually way. something we were going to talk about in uh, the Geek Actually show later today when we record it. But they were talking with Mark Ruffalo, and apparently he's still got like five films on his contract. So and apparently, <laughs> but apparently, uh, and they might all be Avengers films because uh, he was also saying that yes. uh, the Hulk is still wrapped up with, with Universal. Uh, Universal. Yep, solo Hulk films. He actually said, but he, he did preface that. He did uh, find, say after that that um, that uh, they could make that happen because anything is possible at this point. I mean, they got Spider Man. They got Spider Man. You know? yeah. yeah. So, um, so the fact is that Marvel has the rights to use the Hulk. They don't have the rights to make a standalone Hulk movie mm. at the moment, but that mm. can change, you know? But yeah. he yeah. signed for another like five films. So. And there was that Guillermo del Toro TV series that's been banging around Which forever. was Universal. Oh, yeah. Which was Universal, yeah. yeah. yeah so. <laughs> So uh, yeah, okay. So, so that's that's kind of the danger, isn't it? I suppose it's like if they try and rush things too quickly, like if they're so desperate to get Daredevil into the Avengers, then maybe they're kind of. Oh, I don't think Daredevil will ever be in the Avengers. No, but yeah. I don't it's just, a very different yeah. world. Uh, I that's think, not, you're taking me too literally. Yeah. That's just more an example. I of think the things sta- what I, I mean, like you know, like if they say let's say they're so desperate to get to the Defenders, mm. right? Where we yeah. know we know Daredevil's gonna like we're talking about crossover stuff here. Yeah, Avengers like, and, and like because this is together, like you look you know. at Daredevil. This is how the first series ends, right? It's like you know, um, Karen kills somebody in cold blood, and then uh, like two scenes later, she's all normal again. Right then, you have like Yurik dead. You have um, Kingpin supposedly put in jail. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's, and Nelson and um, and Murdoch are happily running a firm. Although and it's kind of like, it, but like my 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 point of this is like it's so bow tied. 
Yeah. It's like, it, although it, I actually you know, disagree it, with you because I think Karen is carrying the weight of that death. Even no, in the but last episode, yeah, she, yeah, you could yeah, see yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, see going again, on again, there. Dave, you're taking me yeah. way too literally. Like, you know, like yes, we're talking about the final scene. Yeah. Right. What well, like where Karen? It's they have an opening just to have her forget about it. Like it's closed off. Hmm. Like she's not like broken at the end of Daredevil. But know? what did she say? Yeah. She was like, "You think this is the first person I've ever shot, or whatever?" Yeah. Yeah. Like she and and I and it always just felt like there was allusions to Karen has a sordid past. Yes. Like and it probably is. Uh, well, they actually say that it's uh, he. She says something to Yurik. She says, "You know, because they probably found out the stuff that you found when you checked into me as well." Mm. Yeah. And so yeah, you're right. There's yeah. there's definite allusions to there's more to Karen than mm. than meets the eye. Well, all I'm trying to say is like I guess maybe though they. They felt like they were making a thirteen-hour movie as opposed to a, yeah. an actual serialized. I, well, I story. think they were. I think yeah. very much so. Well, no, it's yeah. funny you should and say that. It's not that. necessarily a negative. It's just more like the as Ryan said before, like th- they closed think, themselves off and to I so think many the sequel possibilities. Is AKA no, Jessica but it's funny you should say that. I agree with I you so. generally speaking yeah. that yes, it is a thirteen-hour movie. But one thing that uh, this did that, and I read a comment this week uh, about talking about this as a Netflix series. This is the first Netflix series that isn't purely designed to be bingeable it is it works as an episodic drama mm. as yeah. well it works very much in, and and yeah. they said this apart from the violence uh, there's no reason this couldn't play mm. the same way that arrow plays you know as a weekly drama i wish we'd got a weekly in some I, ways i do too i think i think it would have yeah. worked that way very well with the structure and i actually prefer having those pauses cuz you get to chat about it and you get to like I felt like I had to rush because I knew spoilers would come up and lo and behold, mm. this week I've seen some people on Twitter talking about some stuff that I would have been really pissed yeah, had I yeah. not finished the show. So I kind of felt like I had to stay uh, ahead of the curve. And I mean, it was Daredevil sitting there, so I was always just going to watch <laughs> it. It wasn't like I was like punching myself in the face, making it happen. I wanted to sit down and watch it, but if I didn't have that opportunity, it was once a week, I would have been stoked because I would have had time to think about it and I would have had time to chat to people about it. And I dig that experience. That's, I mean, it's the same with monthly comics. I love that experience where you get to have to pause and, and sort of take your time. And like I think about six years I spent watching Lost. I loved going week to week and I loved talking the theories and I loved all that stuff. And you, you sort of you didn't get that with Daredevil. You had to smash it before people spoiled a bunch yeah. of stuff. Yeah, before and, Netflix put up a poster. You know? yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, clowns. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. But I mean, it's 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 a different model. And in the end, well, you know, it might not be the perfect way. But Arrow does it weekly, and so you might be digging that instead. And so, and I the think- movies are coming out. Like in the end, it's it's not to the thing where I would complain. Um, although maybe I just did. You know, on but that I- on, on that note, Ryan, I think like like just mentioning, I mentioned just the poster of Netflix. And like yeah. that stupid decision, like maybe it's a part of like second guessing the audience again in line with that whole like rushing through everything like way too quickly because it's kind of like, are they worried that people are going to go, he's not wearing the suit? Like, what is this show? I, or like, I really like, wish they'd kept just the black suit. I dug the yeah. black suit. I would have followed him in the Defenders in the black suit. Yeah. It was, I, yeah, it was a great visual. It worked for the character. And then the red suit's hard to do. And, yeah, they didn't nail it. It looked like his eyes were below his nose. Like, it yeah. was not a great... My, my issue with the suit well, was they'd made such a big deal about Fisk's material. How it was really this yeah, lightweight yeah. armor. And all I could think was all they needed to do was a red version of the suit he was already wearing, mm, but, yeah. with, but with horns on it. You know yeah. what I mean? Out of that, yeah. out of that material. Mm. And then he would have been more like Spider-Man, like he would have been yeah. more, you know, just a, a bodysuit. Because in like, that opening yeah, sequence, yeah. you see that, looks that, that, like that dripping that, yeah. version and it looks fantastic. I should say that the, that opening sequence, because I love that opening sequence, is by, I think it's a group called Eclipse. 
They yeah. did the Game of Thrones. Uh, they did the, no, they? no, they did uh, True Detective. True Detective, okay. which is yeah. you know just phenomenal stuff. Yeah, no, awesome. I was just sort of getting to like uh, my big worry is that next season it's going to be like here's Bullseye, here's Electra, we're out, and then the next season's like they're left with Gladiator and we've had Gladiator, like, you know. Well, we have, but not we've well, had. Yeah, he'll, he'll turn. Yeah, yeah. No, I hope they yeah. use Gladiator. Yeah. I I actually when I was watching, I missed the Stiltman legs in. Oh um, uh, yeah, and the roll, it's a roller coaster, isn't it? What's that issue? I don't I don't remember. It was one of the, the later ones, and so yeah, yeah. like I I sort of I I didn't see that. No, I don't really care if Stiltman turns up in the show. He's a clown, but um, <laughs> but the Gladiator is a cool character. And, and one thing I missed, and because I did a little digging, um, apparently Bullseye. Has a mild cameo in the show. Oh, really? Oh, really? I did any of you guys it. pick up? Well, I didn't pick up. Did any of you guys read about it or anything? No. The sniper that Fisk uses yeah. has a little bag next to him, and I've seen a freeze frame of uh, a playing card in there. Hmm. Ah. Interesting. So I, and if that if that is true, and that's how they're working, it looks like the Ace of Spades. If that's true, I'm I'm pretty down for that because I mean, realistically, next season you want more ninjas, you want Electra. It makes sense. They've got that black sky kid who they take out. Well, mm. that, which seems like it's a bit of an analogy for the hands, um, the beast, mm. um, which is like a sort of, oh God, it's such a dumb thing. It's like a sort of spectral energy thing. Um, it gets into Electra perhaps, and then you'd have Electra, which would be phenomenal. You tie in Bullseye. You don't stick too slavishly to the, uh, uh, the Frank Miller Electra saga, but you use aspects, obviously not Ben Urich. Um, mm. You play that out, and I think you also probably blend it into Bendis' run, and you can let the, um, the identity of Matt Murdock out a little bit and then play that into season two and three. And I put a lot, I put a lot of thought into how I would write the show going forward. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I, I also I will be able to. Well, and the other <laughs> and thing Netflix is, have our details. Yeah, and the other thing yeah. is, I looked at it and thought, you know, as much as I, I the, the costume was one of my biggest niggles because I didn't like it. I thought I, I, I had to remind myself that Marvel has a very long-standing history of changing the costumes, movie to movie to True. movie, True. and they're continually refining them. And all I can think is, season two might open with him in a classic Daredevil costume. For all this, we this know, could know? be the equivalent to the yellow costume, the or way the, the yellow or the costumes. first suit of. You know, yeah, you know, from Iron Man, I, like, I, you know? I remember rewatching the Avengers, and um, I did it after I'd seen Cap uh, Two, the Winter Soldier, mm. and I'm rewatching the Avengers, and I'm like, "Who is this Star Spangled Clown? Yeah. Look at yeah. Captain America on this the screen. He looks like an idiot." <laughs> <with> <laughs> the and now, when you see, it's that. because I'd seen the Winter Soldier suit, and yeah. Steve Rogers' suit in that movie is so on point. Like yeah. it's a perfect mm. superhero mm. suit, mm. and you can see. And I get why Marvel wanted to put him in the red suit, and I feel like. Hey, they tried. And I think that was Josh's decision, actually. Well, what yeah. I actually really liked, though, is I really liked the costume in Age of Ultron now looks like a hybrid between the two of them. So it actually looks like much more like the original cap suit from World War II. So it's got kind of that utilitarian feel, but it's got the red, white, and blue in it. So I think, yeah. I think but it's a lot, Josh it's not, really wants to have that red, white, and blue yeah, on Yeah, of course, screen, because so that is very, it's yeah. very much a Captain America thing. But they continually refine that costume. Yeah, yeah until, they're not afraid to mix it up. And exactly. Have and it's the same thing yeah. with Iron Man. Iron Man suit of armor changes not only movie to movie but scene by scene. Well, they're up to Mark Forty Two <laughs> or something now. <laughs> like, um, I, I love the show. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, like, I, I love it. I think it's maybe the best Daredevil show that and, we could have gotten. Really, and on like, record, yeah, yes, yeah. me too. Yeah, yeah. me yeah. too. And mm. but I just think the the very last moments of the stuff when he's in that suit kind of left me a little bit cold and a bit sour because it, it kind of made yeah. it like like everything I've watched for these thirteen hours has meant nothing. Like in yeah, a weird it was like way, a, fr- a friend just... of mine emailed me and he was like, 
did you like the suit? Because I felt like he got in the suit and suddenly he was busting Ben Affleck poses. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, and, and yeah. I forget how he worded the email, but he was like, like and this then is not Fisk the guy hitting I him watched. with the pipe and we've yeah. got these Power Rangers sparks flying out. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 It was pretty bad. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I guess, like, this Kingpin's not the Kingpin I've been watching. Like, Yurik's dead. Like, where, what, wait, what? Like yeah. that, that's that's kind of how I, I walked out of the show. Like, well, I guess he's Daredevil now, and he can show up elsewhere. The thing is, though, like, and that, that's 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 all I'm asking for. I'll, I love for like the the show to have a second season and have Bullseye and you know do all this cool stuff. But I just want everything I watch to matter. <laughs> Like, yes. like in a way because it was so though, good it was good and, and we, we all got, got, got so invested in it yeah, yeah but yeah. I also look at it this way and go now that the initial half the show was Kingpin well absolutely stuff. but now like, that now we're over the initial we've seen it yeah now what we need to do is go back and watch it maybe a little bit slower even go back and rewatch it because the last episode may not feel as anticlimactic after yeah. if you go through it a second time because now you're not actually watching it for the conclusion. You're watching it just as the progression. That's true. We were yeah. all waiting for Daredevil yeah. basically the whole time. So I'm wondering yeah. if I'm probably going to go through the series a second time, uh, probably a third and a fourth time. <laughs> 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 but, uh, By the time we leave today. <laughs> I will be watching it again. <laughs> I've been watching it now on my phone the whole time. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you, Netflix. Split, split screen. <laughs> I can have Netflix running on two different devices at the same time. Right? So you could watch two episodes at once is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, you can get one eye on one, one eye on the other. Just get it done in seven hours. Yeah. Make sure the sound is on for all of them at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> then, you'd, then you'd hear what Daredevil hears. No. <laughs> and then you just close your eyes while you're doing it. Yeah. And then you get the he full experience. Through his, through his eyes. Yeah. Yeah, My ears are on fire. Just, just wear the black. black all right, we alluded to it. Let's go back to it. Season, uh, sorry, episode two. Oh, the fight that sequence. Last, that last sequence. I mean, we've had an episode that basically builds up all the way through, which is just dialogue. Why is he doing what he's doing? Who is he? Da, 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 da. Karen Page is off getting foggy drunk and everything else. And then he goes on that rescue mission. And, and, and has a five-minute. A five-minute. Five full singular, minutes. Singular yeah. shot hallway battle which quite frankly rivals the raid <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it is just pretty stunning and the thing i love about it is he's tired in the fight and he's mm. hurt yeah you like know, they actually show that he's not like i mean sure the next episode he bounces back pretty bloody quick that meditation sheet to help the healing a lot. so I, oh, i'm right. fine with it but in that fight, like he is struggling and he's like, he's using everything to his advantage and it's, it's brutal, but it's sort of almost minimalistic in this cramped hallway. But I just love that he'll get him down and then he's like slumping. Yeah. And he's pausing and the body acting in it. He's almost sliding down the wall at points, you know. And yeah, and somebody else will come running out like and he just throws himself out. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were joking, I think, when we first watched it uh, that uh, it was almost like, you know, you, you're drunken fighting from a Jackie Chan film at one point. Mm. You know, you kind of got this, there's, there, there, there is that great really realism to it, but there's a there, there's an, almost a style to the fighting in itself. It's like it'll, yeah. it'll be called Murdoch Tired Fighting, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mur- Murdoch Tai, it'll it's be like that, like, like I think for every time he gets smacked in the head, he his senses would warp slightly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think it was the- I, I like the I like the sense reveal where the Niners like, what do you what do you see then? Mm. And he was like, well, the world on fire. Yeah. I love that as much in as hell's I, kitchen as I, from the devil. Like I was like, oh yeah. shit, we never really done. Like that I wish is, that was I wish, a really good adaptation. I wish they'd never showed it though. 
Yeah, like, I'll deal with it. I'm like, glad uh, they didn't show it anymore. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, like, what, I, I, wish, like? I wish he had just like, said. It looked like Agent Smith from the yeah. Matrix films, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looked like he was wearing a He's, he's in the Matrix. See, like, the <laughs> floating around. I was like, oh, that's nasty. Daredevil's just the one. That's, by, that's, that's <laughs> all it is. By way of comparison, I, I put myself through the 2003 Daredevil film. Oh, can last I just night. say just quickly, I Richard? Love sorry, before, before you go yeah. on to that, I just want to say quickly, I just wish he'd just said, my world is on fire and they're not shown it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was going to say, this is by way but of then comparison. then was like, and also, my sex is on fire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kings of Leon kicks in, close. Yeah, that's- <laughs> I will say about the Daredevil movie. I think they only did that because the audience might be sitting there going, is he blind? I don't get it. <sighs> I, will say, I will say in the Daredevil movie, I actually really like the way they handled it. That's exactly what I was going to say. I loved it. The first time that you you see... Actually, this is the other... Two, two things I'm going to say, because by way of comparison, watching that Daredevil movie, it is a good... 15, 20 minutes into it before he's blinded, before you get the, the actual right. origin story properly. Opening scene, opening scene of Daredevil episode one, he, he's knocked over by the truck. Yeah. You know, and, and it's like, you know, they, they waste no time getting into the meat of the story. And I love it. It's like um, he's on the ground, he's been hit by the car, yeah. the old man's over there, toxic waste over there, you put it together. You put it together, yeah. <laughs> And I, I love- still didn't understand what happened. <laughs> I needed a, a cutaway. I needed a voiceover. <laughs> when I was nine, yeah. I was hit by- <laughs> but the thing, I, but the thing, I think that the for all the things that it did poorly, the thing I think the movie did really well was the radar sense, mm. and I really liked the way they did. And the, you know, I love the fact they that used so the hokey nice. thing with the rain and saying that's the only time I can see you. My God, you're beautiful. You know, they did that whole kind of hokiness to it, but there was something that I liked about it because it, it almost looks like what, you know, Chris Somney was doing with, with the Radar Sense in the current yeah, run of yeah, Daredevil, yeah. you know. but And I don't think, one of my things was I don't think that they emphasised enough throughout the series how it is that Matt sees the world, you know, and I don't mm. think you really got but a I sense think, that I his other they, senses were heightened. I know, I, I kind of disagree know? a little bit because the, there was some absolutely, I think, remarkable sound design mm. in, in the show. There was, yeah. Like, remarkable. Like, the use of heartbeats and, like... Uh, yes, I don't know if good. you guys watched it in Surround. I, I did, yeah. You know, like, I didn't like, watch it in Surround. No, it's no. incredible experience in Surround. Like, they start mm. cutting speaker channels out and start focusing in on you heard a bit oh, of that in the, in the trailer it's, it's, it's absolutely start, a yeah. stunning like usage that's kind of why I I'm like, going back to watch it in surround yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's why I kind of like don't like this idea of showing because it it gives you I don't know you know it, it's it's some kind of magic that's robbed well like Murdoch opinion. himself it, it's all about the other senses as well mm. as yeah. the, the visual yeah, yeah. yeah and the hearing is a very important part of, of his I guess world yeah yeah then yeah, no, I agree with you and I look I Again, these are these are very minor niggles that we're making. But I mean, like, it's uh, not crazy. I, like, I, I'm, I'm, I sound like I'm complaining. I'm not. Uh, it's, it's a free second shot. No, I think, it's, I think it's worth one. saying that this was the greatest 13 hours it's, of TV. Yeah, it's, 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 it's not like they had like a heartbeat monitor come on on like like a news scroll or something. You know? Like. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's season two. Yeah, that, that's yeah, all that's, of season yeah, two. Yeah, because in the film, there's one thing I'd really like when he first wakes up from the accident. Like his his medical drip is is like every drip is like a nuclear bomb going off. Yeah, and I do kind of like that. Like you know when he's first confronted, with, but but by comparison, what I liked about the series is that they didn't spend that time on him adapting to his powers. No, because what I like is in the movie, it was basically his powers were controlling him. He had to sleep in an isolation he could tank. Su- he could suddenly do kung fu as a result of his powers yeah, exactly. as well. Yeah. Whereas yeah. in this, I love the fact that he says it would, took years of training, but he's learned to focus in. Yeah. And so he it, he couldn't just hear everything at once. 
he had to actually focus. Stick. We have to talk about Stick. Yeah, stick, yes. Scott Glenn, amazing. Apparently, so I've read someone saying it's a shame that David Carradine wasn't still alive mm. to play that role. He yeah. would have been, been fantastic. Well, there's a great line where he actually, where Foggy says, yeah. you just described the, the plot, plot of, of Kung, Kung Fu. Fu. Yeah. <laughs> If you're gonna have it, you gotta own it, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but he he was wonderful. Like he was uh, master casting, and for the handful of scenes that he was in, he comes off as every bit the enigmatic uh, asshole. Al- al- asshole slash alternate father figure that this show was going for. Really, I don't, this, uh, apologies yeah. if we have, but have we mentioned Charlie Cox though? Have we talked about probably not no, much. We haven't. No, no. Yeah, he like, is you know. I think he's brilliant. It's like one of the best blind performances I've seen ever. Mm. Like they, 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 and I love, love, love. They didn't do that, like milky eyed, yeah. which they did in the film. You know, yeah, yeah, of course they did, because it's like, is he? Well, blind? They, they even scarred sure. his eyes up a yeah. bit in the yeah, film of as course. well. Like, yeah, I'm from, not. From so, I've, I, I should say I haven't seen the film since the cinema, so yeah. I don't really remember. I wish that I hadn't. It but anyway, much. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I just thought he's remarkable as blind. I, I never didn't once hate thought the film. I'm gonna go reckon I didn't. No, I don't hate the film. But watching it last night, it is a difficult watch, particularly in in the wake of the Netflix series. It's the way I feel about the blindness the way I feel about the, the violence like it's important it's it's central to the show can I also point out that my yeah. wife actually did come in and out of Daredevil a lot over the 13 she didn't watch them all mm. but she actually did come out at one point and goes you know Daredevil's pretty hot <laughs> yeah, and is that as well I don't yeah. think there's enough ab shots what do you reckon Ryan <laughs> I, I agree that we had a subtle I think ab shot in the first episode. mostly when he was injured he had ab shots and he had a, he had a good body on him. I got to say, Charlie, yeah. you, you did well. But he didn't. But he didn't look gigantic. And I did. I did. He looked like a sound a little strange. I did make a note. He didn't have gigantic pecs. <laughs> he wasn't some stupid bodybuilder. He was fit for what he needed he to looked do. Like a he looked like an athlete. He yeah. looked. He looked like an old school boxer. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I needed your pantaloons and <laughs> setting his dukes up every time. He Put them up, him. fist. You're going down. <laughs> I'll take you, and I'll take your wife next. Um, but also, I mean, like I, I loved. I, I, yeah, I think he's he's great. I actually liked him uh, the first time I saw him in um, Boardwalk Empire where he plays a character with a tragic end in that as well. And that's like and he... he was blind and had radar vision. He was, it, was, it was weird, the synchronicity <laughs> between those two series. It's unbelievable they managed to have him as a blind uh, man with superpowers in two series. I can't believe Marvel ripped off Boardwalk Empire. <laughs> I, I was shocked. It's, and it's I reckon, the second HBO well, show you know, they went after. Because <laughs> Steve Buscemi's basically the kingpin of that series. <laughs> oh, no, this is The Steve Wire Buscemi if you guys have seen The Wire. This, this series was like a, a knock on The Wire, I think. Think. Yeah, it wanted that tone yeah. Yeah, really, badly. Really badly. Yeah, and, which would, and it wanted the mix of the legal system, the police system, and the um, the vigilantes. The and, and, I mean, and, and the media. old man was in and the, the media. Wire. Yeah, like, what was that, Ryan? Sorry, uh, the guy who plays Bill Fisk. He was in mm. the Wire. Did, oh, any, yeah. did anybody yeah, yeah, yeah. think when he first came on screen that he looked like Neelix? <laughs> that, that, that was the first went, thing. Went, the cast Neelix, and then he turned around. And went, oh no, it's not him. <laughs> Bob Gunton was really cool. Like, yeah, Bob Gunton needs to do more things. I think. Yeah, he's yeah. a good actor, and yeah. I mean, I, I didn't mind that he wasn't the owl, and it sounded mm. like they sort of set up for his son to. I guess probably mm. be the owl if they want it. I mean, really, and you yeah. don't have to use the owl because the owl's kind of dumb. So yeah. <laughs> they I'm play you because he was Leland Owlsley. You've, you've but, kind of convinced yeah. me to see. I want to see the stilts now, like <laughs> really bad. Now they need to bring in yeah. a serious villain like Manbull. <laughs> <laughs> Manbull is where it's at. Yeah. Oh, I, or, or, <laughs> or, like, yeah. oh, or or gladiator <laughs> in the actual Roman gladiator outfit. They need to do that. I want them so to bring in the spot. 
Oh yeah, that'd be cool. That would be cool. Actually, if they if they do Owsley the way, I like if they bring to, his son to, in and do to bring back the kingpin. Yeah. <laughs> who, who, which one was kingpin? He was. I can't the remember. Bald guy. Oh right, right, right. I was getting him mixed up with the the, the blonde. Um, but if they do as you said, if you do Owsley as his son, if they do the way that Wade's doing him at the moment, who's kind of like the they're having there's an Owsley character in there who's kind of trying to be on the right side but not doing it very well instead of being yeah. a little bit of a, a, a grey hat because he's not quite a white hat, he's not quite a black hat, he's sort of yeah. somewhere in the middle. If they do him that way, that would be interesting. That would fit well into this this Netflix world. Mm. So I think we can we can all safely assume that what we are looking at in the next in the Netflix world is this is the Max line of comics, right? I think so. Yeah, well, I hope that means Luke Cage is going to bust some heads. Yeah, well, so AKA like Jessica Jones they is based the on alias. They have to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's why I mean, when you think about it, the Defenders has to offer something that's different from the Avengers. Yeah, so it's, yeah. and this will be yeah, this will be street level be grit, ultra violence. <laughs> and speaking of, it's probably the last big thing I wanted to talk about was the moment they pulled out the heroin and it had the Steel Serpent um, logo on it, that's, and that's the he's the nemesis of Iron Fist. That's true. I didn't I didn't even make the connection, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, yeah like yeah. as soon as the heroin came out, it had the it's got that really thin. I think it's more. Well, no, I mean, still, still serpent was back in in the heyday, and he had the similar symbol, but it very much looks similar to the way uh, Aha drew the symbol. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, so it's like Steel Serpent. I'm like, well, I don't know well, anything right, about getting some crossover. The Aha yeah. stuff is interesting because our good friend uh, Jamie at Good Games was talking about all the references being dropped to Iron Fist in there. Mm. He's really hoping they go for the Fraction Aha Iron Fist run. Um, yeah. That kind of vibe. He said that would make an amazing series. I've not read it. Um, there's I've a copy sitting so on David's so, shelf so behind me. So yeah, I've, I've just it, yeah. bought it, so I'm going to read it. Uh, Jamie, we should mention Good Games Hurstville, uh, our sponsor of our show, but he uh, um, he raves about this book. He said that um, it, it makes all other Matt Fraction books look terrible. Yeah. So, it's probably uh, – the way I have always thought about it is it's my favourite uh, Fraction book, but Hawkeye's probably his best. Um, agreed. Which I, and I love Fraction's work, so it's a hugely open, debatable. For me, Hawkeye is like the stunning sort of – it's a masterpiece. But Iron Fist, because I love Iron Fist, but because that run with Brubaker and Aha is spectacular. It's mm. like my favourite. It's top ten material for me. This is that my next run read. I've got a week off from reading a pick because we've got Avengers next week. I'm going to read oh, that that's book right. this week. Mm. I, might, I, might, I might get it digitally and do the same. Mm-hmm. Do, man. Go. It's so good. And that's why, I mean, also then in the, sh- the show Madame uh, Gao, she's clearly a character from that run. Right. And yes. she will be yeah. from Kunlun. That's what he was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping that's the kind of – because these, these are all very gritty sort of uh, street-level books and I'm hoping – and I yeah. would love to see them bring, if they're going to do a Hawkeye project, do Fraction's Hawkeye. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then put that in Netflix. It would be perfect. And then tie them all together if, if they could get Renner to do something that level. You're really mm. invested into the street-level hero world, Ryan. So maybe yeah. you can answer a question for us because we were actually talking to Jamie about this just today, mm. which is yeah. we can't oh, figure yeah. out what they're going to base the Luke Cage series on. What run are they going for? I have no idea, to be honest. I think they'll just retweak the origin, which is he goes to prison, uh, like a setup, basically falsely accused, and then he'll get the hard skin in there. But as for a, like a nemesis, I don't know. I mean, well, they could always, if they tie it a little closer to Daredevil. I mean, if if we can have our white lawyer fighting gentrification, mm. 
getting Luke Cage to do that and and whether they will then go that heroes for hire aspect because initially oh actually no they need to base it off I forget what number the issue is but there is an issue of Luke Cage Power Man where he fights a dog and he punches that dog hard in the face (laughs) (laughs) there's your season Netflix oh Oh, man I remember I got it off eBay and I read it and I got to the end I was like wait he just fought a dog and he smashes it in the face like this is a Power Man smashing a dog in the face like it's television gold but I have I don't a, know, I have I don't a know what was happening. Funny suspicion that AKA Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Power Fist are all going to be very tightly wound together because yeah. the first photo has come out from Jessica Jones, which actually has Power Man in it, which actually has yeah, Luke Cage she's in on it. the scooter or whatever. Yeah, and fine. because their relationships are that relationship is so tightly wound together, as is Luke Cage to Rand, that you look yeah. at it and go, I don't know if you can really separate these three characters very well. So I think it's going to be they're all going to be very tightly wound together. And if you remember. Alias by Bendis, um, there's actually a whole arc where uh, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones are bodyguards for Matt Murdock. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like I, you kind of go, we're going to start intertwining these characters together, I think, throughout the rest of the series. Because none of those characters are as well known as Daredevil. No, so no, they now need to kind of they need to kind of work together to get the same level that Daredevil had by himself. Mm. So yeah. um, it's going to be an interesting sell over the next couple of years. So, uh, But I'm very excited. I think this is a really solid entry and it's a but really think, solid start. I think it's going to be an easy sell when it's like from the creators of Daredevil exclusive to yep. Netflix. Yeah. yeah. They're your two. Marvel. You know, Marvels, whatever. whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's sold. It's interesting. I'll just quickly read out something that got posted on our Facebook page yesterday. Uh, this is from a longtime listener, Joel Barker, who said, finished watching Daredevil just now in time for the next episode, or our episode. Uh, can't wait to hear your thoughts on it. Personally, I loved it, uh, though I did find it a little dark, visually, I mean, uh, which is uh, hard to follow some of the action scenes. My other issue was that there wasn't enough Rosario Dawson. Uh, <laughs> well, so I will concur yeah. with that. I will concur as well. with the like. And Actually, yeah, vis- it is a much visually darker uh, show mm. than than anything that Marvel's doing because you know you compare it with say Agents of Shield, which is like yeah. all, all the lights are on. But if you think about thing. it, Daredevil's world is very dark. No, I agree, but because so it's, he's it's, blind. Yeah, so well, it's true. It's a it very seems dark a bit world. Oh, to, to complain that you could only kind of see something in a show with a guy that's blind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Matt Murdock can't see anything, Joel. Come on, man. <laughs> wish, I, wish. I loved I loved Sorry, Matt Murdock yeah. probably sees it in better light because he's it is, on fire. It is really. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Sorry, say that again, Dave. No, nah, I was just going to say it is really dark, but it's also very high contrast and it made it more cinematic than a lot of other yeah. superhero Agreed. TV shows made. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was. Because most fabulous. of them look like they're shot, you know. Like on a soundstage. Yeah. Like. Yeah. This yeah, with like neighbors level lighting. Like, you know? yeah. Well, this was shot in New York too. I mean, that was a big thing. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of like wet down it, roads and you know. Speaking kind of, of neighbors like, level, really hashtag baby tin. Dave. Hey, yeah. knock it off. It's <laughs> a lot of like yellow tinged tungsten lights and like yeah. it was yeah. really it cool stuff. Little, I love sort of Matt like, Hollingsworth, yeah, especially yes. how he colored like Brubaker's run with like seedy, you know. Real gritty yeah. and seedy, and I like that kind. Of, that's really the kind of stuff I like a lot. So personally, I like it. No, I like yeah, it. Yeah, I loved yeah. that they went that way and it was dark. Mm. And it was like the offices, man, their offices were just so poorly lit. 
I dug that. That was and good. Bleak. And bleak. <laughs> yeah. was so bleak. And I empty, loved it. Yeah. <laughs> you half it. expected, you know, to walk in and find, you know, Foggy just hanging from one of the rafters. Well, like, you, well, what I love is, what I love is, I love that that that, that Wilson Fisk's world is this. I could hear you, Foggy, but I can't <laughs> see you. Wilson Fisk's world is this beautiful, uh, clean penthouse. Yes. You know, everything's perfect. I'm an outlaw. There wasn't a lot there, but it was just. It was like, perfect and clean. A little glass, bit Spartan. Yeah. But then you get to the good guys and the good guys are living in this bleak <laughs> they cowering <laughs> under a lamp trying to stuff. they spend all their money on alcohol I think. yeah apparently <laughs> and eels <laughs> <laughs> okay look I mean we have been talking we could probably talk for 13 hours on this but um, I think hey wait we are we going to talk about that watch with the show we should, we should <laughs> do that well if you got time <laughs> we can do our rewatch right now and do the commentary we'll on it. it yeah I feel like we barely scratched the surface I know, seriously. But, but we've seriously yeah, been yeah, talking no, for an yeah, hour on it. Yeah. Look, I mean, we'll 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 definitely uh, we'll, we'll talk about this more towards uh, as the year goes on. We'll, I'm sure we'll return to some of the stuff that's in this. But Does anybody know when Jessica Jones is coming out? There's no date at the moment. I think they're going to end of this year or the beginning of next. I, I think the aim is for the end of this year. Excellent. So. Uh, Netflix, I want more of this world. But so. Netflix have non-Marvel things to launch between now and then. So oh, they got, should release Jessica Jones the same day as Daredevil Season 2. And then it's like that Spider-Man choice. You know, of like, <laughs> who do <laughs> I save? The bus of <laughs> children. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can watch two screens at once. We've established yeah. that. <laughs> two TVs side by yeah. side. Yeah. <laughs> Go. Imagine if they did that and as Jessica walks to the end of your iPad, she looks <laughs> on <onto> the <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> I think you're onto something. Uh, feedback is behind the panel. There's an, app, there's an app made by an Australian guy called Framed, and it's kind of like a comic and it's kind of like a game. Great game. Great game. I've been playing it. It's yeah, and you've got to like move the panels. Like It looks like a comic page and you've got yeah. to move the panels so that the guy will run across and each panel he'll do something different. So if he goes up a set of stairs, he'll avoid the cop below yeah, but yeah. if you don't put the panel with the stairs there he runs into the cop and gets shot yeah um it's phenomenal fin- my it's wife really is, strange my wife has finished it she actually finished the there, was a, there was a old snes game in the in the 90s that had a very similar concept where it was all panel based and then if you went through the wrong panel you ended up yeah, yeah it was, this is so cool because this yeah. little character actually runs through the whole scene so yeah. and as you rearrange it the, the, the scenario changes it's that's crazy. really cool really framed good. okay i'm gonna i'm gonna download this and um, if you walk your iPad out of the screen, Jessica Jones tries to walk out of screen and hits an invisible wall. You have to hold your iPad next to the TV. And if you watch so it in 3D, time. she steps out of the TV. Yeah. <laughs> or you could watch the episodes in any order you wanted. Like like Arrested Development. Like a, like a choose your own adventure. Yeah. If you chose if this you one, want go Jessica to Jones five. to live. <laughs> so for for non for non-fictional broadcasts, uh, <laughs> next week, uh, despite what my show notes say in front of me, next week, episode one thirty nine, we'll be uh, reviewing a little film we like to call Avengers. Dave's not doing it. Oh. <laughs> Job Ultra. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> Somebody I'm, stepped up to the plate. Then I'm I'm saving. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tomorrow night. Thank uh, you, Ryan. Though that that warmed my heart to hear you say that. That was amazing. <laughs> I, I still can't does that get. Prove yeah. I listen. Yes, it does. <laughs> no, just it still it makes it makes my heart grow two sizes. <laughs> and on that day, Dave's now. You you know, Ryan. I want to ask you something. Will you be thinking that when you watch the movie? <laughs> 
Well, now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a problem. It's a problem. I apologize, yeah. man. So tomorrow night, we're all going to be doing that live in the cinema. Uh, well, we actually have. We actually, when I finally get the Remenda OGN and it's Rage of Ultron, I'll probably tear my shirt off when I say it. <laughs> <laughs> we actually have. We actually have a dare on the table, which is. At the cinema, when the title drops, we want Dave to call it. <laughs> I think we should all do it's it. It's not happening. You should sit in three separate spots and one of you go, hey. <laughs> will freak out. <laughs> Maybe not tomorrow night. Because we might get kicked out. Like, and then someone at the front is like, oh. <laughs> like, oh, man. It's the shooting sound. <laughs> Some guy's like, I'm. My mind is going. I've lost it. Picks up his phone and smashes it. Oh, John's here. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. No, no. I, I, this, there's a Star Wars movie coming out that I really want to be invited to. So <laughs> I'm not going to do this. Yeah, we don't want to get on, on Disney's bad books tomorrow night. Yeah. But uh, we will be reviewing that next week. Ryan, as always, thank you so much for, for popping by to talk at length about Daredevil. We will get you back in the near future. We've, we've got some live shows coming up this year. I'm sure we're going to get you on stage for one of those. Um, and we'll definitely want to talk to you uh, closer to when one of your space books comes out, probably negative space. Uh, for, where can folks find you on the interwebs if they want to look you up? Yeah, cool. I, I'm always on Twitter, uh, unfortunately, but I am always there as at Ryan K. Lindsay, or uh, they can head to my website, which is ryanklindsay.com. And I would like to direct some people to, I have an email newsletter that goes out, which is at tinyletter.com slash Ryan K. Lindsay. And on there, I just sort of, uh, I smack talk people behind their back because they're not reading the newsletter. Excellent. Excellent. So you have to stop talking about all of our listeners now. Uh, yeah, oh, damn it. Yeah. So it's like behind the panels, listeners, are some of the lowest people in the world. You know. uh, but yeah, so uh, you can find us at various places. If you want to send us anything, we've mentioned it before, feedback at behindthepanels.net. Of course, you can hit us up on our Facebook page um, at Behind the Panels or on Twitter at Behind the Panels. And you can find me individually on Twitter at DVD Bits. And you can find me on Twitter at David McVeigh or at geekactually.com, which hosts this show, plus the Geek Actually podcast, uh, which we are recording another show where we're going to be reviewing while we're young. Uh, which is a new Ben Stiller mm. film. So a slight change of pace for the normal stuff that we do, but a really good film. Um, I also want to just very sh- very quickly shout out that uh, by the end of this week, there should be a donations link going up onto both the Behind the Panels page and the Geek Actually page. We are looking to raise a little bit of extra income uh, just for the trip to Melbourne to help mm. subsidize that trip. So please, uh, if you do have a spare couple of dollars, we're not looking for much, just a few dollars here mm. and there, should every little dollar helps. The 99 cheese pizzas don't pay for themselves. That's correct. Mm. <laughs> Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dave Longo, also um, damngoodcup.com and uh, on the aforementioned Geek Actually podcast with mm. Mr. David McVeigh over there. Well, and we are reviewing this Ben Stiller movie. Yes, we are. Which is, which is, <laughs> which is going to be an exciting one because Dave and I are going to argue. I'm going to look forward to it. And we're going to get really depressed. <laughs> yeah. well, you, are, you are the two generations that are depicted yes, in that That's panel. right. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't think we're arguing. I think we're going to have a very intelligent discussion about said things. I'm just dragging this out as long as I possibly can, if that's all right. I'm, gonna, computer's about I'm to filibustering collapse. here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just going to bust your fillings if you don't stop talking because uh, that's it for this week. Thank you again, Ryan, for for joining us. Uh, My pleasure, man. So until next week, I'm still Richard Gray. I'm David McVeigh. I'm blind. (laughs) I'm Ryan K. Pre-order negative space from Dark Horse in July. (laughs) Lindsay. (laughs) 
<laughs> subtle, subtle, Lindsay, subtle. What was uh, that again, Ryan? <laughs> Ryan K, you can pre-order Negative Space from Dark Horse in July. You can get Headspace in April from IDW, and you can probably get me in Canberra anytime you want. Lindsay. <laughs> com. And this has been <laughs> Behind the Panels. Behind the Panels is a production of geekactually.com. 